This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Watching Lester Till I Die TV. Welcome along. Uh, if you've tuned in to watch England versus Scotland, watch along. I'm sorry to disappoint you. We've cancelled it um, because Sky have put us on the TV on Friday night. So all the shows have had to be shifted forward. And because we uh, had an interview with a certain ex-player last night, it's all it's all gone tits up, to be honest with you. Uh, so tonight, 
we are going back in time. Uh, it's the debate show. And I have to ask, what were you doing on the 25th of October 2019? Around this time, I tell you what I was doing. I was getting pissed wet through because I was trying to get into the stadium at St Mary's at Southampton to watch Leicester City under Brendan Rodgers take on Southampton. Two Premier League teams. Who, th who would have thought four years later, same fixture, same night, same TV channel, and we would be looking at two second-tier teams. The Premier League? That's so last season. It's all about the championship here on LTID TV. Now, now that's what I call football. You hit the right spot. Ah, if I could find the right spot, I would hit it. Welcome along. It's LTID TV from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for joining us, whether you're watching uh, live on YouTube and Twitch or you are listening to us via your favourite podcast platform or watching us on Catch Up on Facebook or Twitter. <coughs> Excuse me. Follow me uh, and follow the channel on all our social medias, which are, you know, you can see where my finger's going. Follow my finger. I've said that a few times in my life. And you can see them all there and uh, follow us and give us your support. We will always wear it. Uh, join in the chat. Um, we might have a little bit of time left at the end for general chat. Uh, but obviously the majority is the fact that it's a Friday night. This Friday, we're away at Southampton. Sky are going to be there. Only for the third time uh, since, well, the, the second time since 2019. We managed a one-all draw last time. Could we be 2-9-0 again? Well, we were 5-0 Southampton lost last time out against Sunderland. And we said that we lost 1-0 to Hull. So who knows? Who knows? But look, it is the debate show. Oops. And that's my phone. Brenda. Tilt, look. Brendan, I've, Brendan, yeah, look, I'm, no, I will not give you a reference. No, you've just, no, I'm sorry. Oh, well, if you're talking money, if you're talking money, then yes, <laughs> yeah, I could, yes. Ring me back later, Brendan. Lovely to speak to you. Yeah, you take care. Love you and miss you. Bye-bye. Brendan, you will ring me at the most awkward times, you know, what can I say? But, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about. You can see it there. Um, and I've got a couple of guests to come in to talk about it. Um, first guest, well, whoops, it's easy. Don't know what happened there. Um, there we go, let's do that. First guest, well, he was on last night. What can I say? He's got a new intro theme. Brad, age 40, from Leicester. Good evening, sir. Cheeky get because both of the facts are wrong. <laughs> so there you go. I'm, I'm okay, thanks, mate. I'm, I, I'm very happy, especially after getting to speak to one of my heroes yesterday. Thanks uh, for that. 
Well, you see, you're right into it. Maybe it wasn't Jim that fixed it for you, and you're probably pretty Thank relieved God. about that. But <laughs> I was able to. Uh, let's bring him in. Uh, if that was your introduction, I think that could be your permanent introduction now, you know. Uh, this, and I think he probably knows what's coming up. You're his wise man from ancient times. He is. Uh, <laughs> and let me just see. Let me just try and let you out. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm all right, thank you very much. Hi, Brad. How you doing, mate? Uh, I'm not too bad, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right after after a week off. Excellent. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm literally. I've got about ten minutes in my busy schedule before I go and um, make a fool of myself on the football pitch myself. So, um, what? What? Why? Why not do it on the football pitch? You do it everywhere else. Exactly. Exactly. Let's yeah. not limit it. No, no. Talking about limiting it, uh, Madison's not in the England team tonight. So um, that that. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we? Um, as I'm limited for time, maybe we shouldn't start talking about Southgate. Well, uh, yeah. you love him. I know that you love him. Um, I mean, it's a friendly. I mean, just go for it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. look, we're talking Friday night, nine o'clock, St Mary's, Craig. Uh, Sky cameras are there. It was my last away game, believe it or not, and I'm going again. Do you think I could be the lucky uh, lucky mascot? Uh, I tell you what, if if we get another nine nil, then we're going to take you to every game until we don't. Right? <laughs> we'll arrange it between ourselves. We'll have a whip round, and we'll get you around to every away game if you're just going to do back to back nine nils. Well, that will do. That will do. And in fact, to be honest with you, it was my 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 future daughter-in-law's first ever football game, um, oh. and she was she'd got the pink top, and she really threw herself into it. And uh, what a game! What a game to go to. I mean, has she has she been to another one since? She has, unfortunately. Right, so we know it's not it's not her to, then. She went to the Community Shield. All right. Okay. As, as did I. Don't be thinking that you're going to start taking her and leaving me out of the equation. <laughs> but we're walking well, along. you know, if it's not 9-0 tomorrow, then we have to take you out of the equation. I think she was there as well. But, uh... Yeah, that's what I mean. It's clearly not her, it's you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I will. I'll try and get as much in with you as possible. I will come to the chat in a second, but you haven't got long. I yep. know that, Craig. Uh, so please bear with us, Brad. Uh, he's still uh, he's still in love from last night. And look at look above us, Muzzy is it there? If you missed it last night, lovely guy did the interview with us, and it's still it is alive there on uh, LTID TV. Um, I mean, when you look at that team, Craig, it mm. it, it was the, almost the team that the last season under Brendan was was playing. Hmm. I know. Just one little thing before before that. I, I did catch a little bit last night. I'm very. Oh, you're breaking up. You've broken up. Are you? Is he moved? I think he's, he's gone. Not the, uh, oh, yeah, he's but moving on. Um, Missed all of that, Craig. Yeah, sorry. No. I was going to say after I did catch a little bit last night, and I was expecting Brad to be wearing a little pork pie hat in honour of his hero, um, <laughs> Muzzy. 
Bless him. Look, I, I, I wore the shirt with his name on the back and number. What more do you want from me? Can I, I just I was can I just say? Okay, let, let me just let me just um, do go one better. Mm. I played in a in a charity match at the King Power and scored a header from a muzzy is it corner. You know, I'm just not getting involved. You know, <laughs> no one cares about him. Anyway, well, enough showing off. I didn't do it. I, 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 my finger slipped twice. <laughs> That wasn't me, Craig. That wasn't me. Look, if we're going to get name dropping, I'm going to start bringing okay, out the yeah. Linica school yeah. story. So just, just be careful here, guys. <laughs> to be fair, that only works a little bit because I was there too. But anyway, not, not in his class, though. Not in his class. No, 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 definitely not. Not in his class. But I don't think I could be. I'm not in your class. To be fair, Chris. <laughs> No, you're doing a lot better than me. <laughs> you know. yeah. uh, anyway, yeah. So the team, the team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, I mean it was a, it was a strong team. Sorry, there was a smiling goal. Chilwell, Soyuncu, Evans, uh, Ricardo, Indeedy in the middle, Barnes, Madison, Tielemans, Perez, we Vardy up front. I mean, all right, mm. let, let's take Chilwell out the equation. Uh, but those players were all with us last season, weren't they, in one form or another? Yeah, so either they've turned into really bad players or the manager uh, lost lost the way that they were playing for him. I, I think we know which one it was. You know, Players don't become bad players, but they, they can easily lose motivation or direction. Yes. Did you, did you go uh, at all, Craig? Were you there? Not that 9-0, no, I was watching it in disbelief, <laughs> like mean, most people. Yeah, I mean, I never expected that. I mean, is it obviously my local game down here when but we know we're not playing Bournemouth. And, you know, Brad, could you, could you have <laughs> seen that coming, could you? No, you, you know, I know over our course of history Leicester have had a few high scoring games but they've usually found themselves in the you know in the championship uh, where, we, where we've really turned teams over mm. um, I've, I always expect Leicester to win games but I never thought I'd seen 9-0 but it was it was weird wasn't it because it was probably at the very peak of Leicester just going against the odds yet again, weren't they? I mean, you know, we'd, yeah. we'd won the league. Uh, we, we hadn't won the FA Cup at that point, I don't think. I think it was the season before. But, you know, we were breaking records, you know, individually, if it was Jamie Vardy or together as a squad, we were setting records, setting trends. And just when you sort of thought maybe Leicester had done with it, <laughs> they're going to beat nine, they're going to thrash Southampton 9 0. I mean, the only irony in that is is we still have one of their players, don't we? Uh, <laughs> who was a part of that beating. So who hopes we're on the right end? Don't, you, don't, you don't mean the love of my life, Yannick, do you? <laughs> maybe I do, maybe I do, Chris. <laughs> Who's playing all right? Let's let's just give him credit here. Let's just give him credit. I mean, I mean, the other the other player only lasted about five minutes. Um <laughs> I mean, but it was at that time, I mean, it took us up to second, Craig. It was like nosebleed territory. It was like, is this going to happen again? I know. I think I think some of that as well was with, I mean, Southampton did it again, didn't they? And um, 
I think on both occasions they went down to the ten men very early on and just had no no way of coping with it. Usually, if you go down to ten men early on, you you sort of dig in, you 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 keep yourself tight. Mm. But they just lacked any kind of motivation. They looked like a team who'd been managed by Brendan for a while. Um, <laughs> they, they just, yeah. I mean, we played well. Let's not give it. And and yeah. on another day, we'd have probably scored four or five because there were some great finishes in there as well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it just shows you on 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 most days, you know, in lots of games you can create that many chances. It's just rare that you actually take them all. It is, and. I mean, I I was in the. I'll, I'll let you go after, after this one. But I, I was in the crowd, and I, I don't think many people around me realised that the record was on. Mm. You know, I I'd know, I knew the nine nil, and um, and I turned to my son and said, right at five nil at half time, that's it now. Just sit back. We're just going to cruise this second half. But and again, I know he wasn't your favourite player, but Johnny Evans, he knew that that target was on because obviously he'd been in that Man United team, mm. and he was really geeing the players up, wasn't he? Yeah, I was going to mention it actually. Yeah, he, he seemed to be the one who was was aware of it, mm. and I think he'd mentioned it to a couple of the guys, uh, particularly to Jamie Vardy, that that the record was on. So. It sort of galvanised him in that last sort of fifteen twenty minutes to try and yeah. go and get the record, and um, and that it was almost written when that penalty was awarded, right near the end. You just thought, come on, you know, just just one penalty. Just we've had a few penalties that that could have meant things down the the, the yeah. years. Yeah, um, some we've missed as we know, but uh, mm. it was nice to see that one go in. Keeper had a valiant effort as well, went the right way, but yes. Um, he did right all game. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. his best ever game, was it? But, no. uh, but no. Craig, I will let you. I mean, I'm going to just say, looking looking extremely sunburnt, mate. I, I hope you had a good holiday. What was it? Rome, you were in? Did you say Milan? Milan, Milan. Yeah, right. so, yeah, hope, great place, Milan. If I anybody, hope anybody didn't mind you being in there, <laughs> 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 you had a good time. Yeah, no, it was great. It's a, it's a great place. I thoroughly recommend it to, to anyone. And are you going on Friday? No, no, I'm not. It's uh, it's uh, to be honest, and I'll, hands up here with being away. I'd forgotten it was Friday. It was only Brad that reminded me it was actually on Friday. So, um, and, and I was yeah, going so to. I, I serve a purpose, then, don't I, Craig? You do, Brad. You do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Along with that, and my uh, my. My Blackburn won Middlesbrough 10 prediction that, uh, <laughs> that I managed to put in there as well. So it's all going really well. It is, sounds <laughs> yeah. You see, I let you two loose and this is what happened. Yeah. It's a sh shame right. you're not there. I was going to let you buy me a pint, but there we go. Break. <laughs> Don't break anything this evening. Score another header and enjoy yourself, mate. Cheers, guys. I'll see you again soon. Yeah, Take care, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Craig there. Be sure to... Uh, Craig Bird on Twitter, or X, whatever it's called these days. Give him a follow. Uh, classic match sums it up, Brad, doesn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, classic, iconic, whichever word you want to use it, it does suit it well. Uh, it's. Uh... Uh, if you going to say iconic, I think you would be referring to my shirt. But we'll, we'll stick with classic. <laughs> not, not, not with the FPS logo, I'm afraid. I can't call anything that they've ever designed there. Uh... Iconic, but uh, there we go. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of an improvement. Um, but yeah, it was, and it was 
Again, it was one of them where, like you said, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, Chris, I did exactly the same as you. Half-time came along, I'm having a giggling fit, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And I sat there thinking, well, we'll probably just pass it around and stroll now. There's no need to go and get loads of goals. I knew I knew there was a record, and I, you know you know me and my, my random 90s knowledge from, from that sort of era of football. I was I, I knew Manu had done it to Ipswich 9-1 or something like that. So I knew there was a record around, but I was like, we're the sort of team that would just not no, not notice or care for it, so we just want to rest legs. But I great, 5-0 win. I think there'd been a 9-0, but it was at home. Yeah, uh, it was. It was a home one. Uh, the 9-1 um, was um, away. Uh, yeah. Which I was like, for God's sake, don't, don't concede. Whatever you do, don't concede. And it's something, because at that particular point, I mean, we got a lot of records the last couple of seasons, but usually for the wrong reasons. Uh, it was great to get a record for the right reason. I mean, I went along. Um, I was, I mean, I was, no way was I expecting that. I mean, I went with Sean, um, who, that, this, that was before he was doing his master's for his architect and he had time. I mean, the poor guy's working so hard these days. But it, it got his it, it, now wife-to-be, because they, they got married uh, a, a, a few weeks ago. Um, she wasn't really into football. And I've got to be honest with you, I said, <laughs> she is, she's lovely, Lauren, but she's thrown herself into it. She's she's taking it on board that Sean's big love is is football and he plays it and as well uh, just at sort of five a side level uh, but his big love is as a team is Leicester and she's really taken you know taking it on board and she's got she had the pink shirt and everything and it was quite special because we had the white flat the white scarves didn't we on sixty minutes yeah yeah it was it was like you said it was one of them. You know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be. It was really was one of them that you'll always say, yeah, yeah. I, I was there moments. And, and, you know, we talk about it all the time. We've probably done a show where we've reminisced about our first, you know, memories of Leicester. And, yeah. it, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. You know, some people, you know, say they see the first game, they saw them lose, but they still kept going because they like what they saw. So, but to go to your first ever game, and, and again, not being a football fan and, and doing it, trying to 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 make an impression or or just take interest in it, you know, in his hobbies, is is fantastic. And then she gets rewarded by seeing the team she's she's being given to uh, to go and show support to, go and score nine goals. I remember, I'm not sure that we went to, to to we went to another match, and I think we won that, and then that was it. Our lucky mascot days were over. Uh, but, yes, well, I mean, it was pissing down as well. And I've got to be honest with you, I went with, with Sean and Lauren, and then there was um, um, my brother-in-law, Mamix, who, who was a Man United fan, and his son who was also a Man United fan, fair enough. They were in the other end, so they were sort of really in it. But the away end and where the seats were, we were right next to the Southampton fans. And at the start, it was a little, a little bit like, oh, God, you know, stop scoring now. But then, you know, the fans, I think they knew they were onto a hiding. And they'd got Man City next, <laughs> which was like, you know, they, they, I mean, fair play to the Southampton fans. They were saying, like, you know, bring on Manchester City and all that sort of thing, you know. Um, but, I mean, it was, I mean, this, this is... An iconic sight that you you never never get fed up with seeing that. No, you don't. And, and, and you know the, the the even better thing about it for you fans was is I would say that a Friday night game 
or any midweek night game mm. is worse for the fans that are well, especially the away fans uh, than it is say someone who's watching it on telly at home or or, or you know going home having some food then going to the pub to watch it because they can watch it till and then stay there till close or whatever you know yeah. I think the worst thing the fans is you had the weather against you yeah. and, and anyway any away day um you, you want to go you, you want to go and see them win because it can be a long journey back some of these away day travels and the last thing you want when it's hammering down the rain it's on a Friday so by the time you get home you can't really enjoy it till tomorrow you can not like you can have a couple of drinks you might have one when you get home but you're not you're not in the pub with your mates celebrating it you've, you you just want to win and and you take a one nil win you take a you know you take a 96 minute winner you, you'll take it however it comes you just don't want to have that, especially in a long away day, you don't want a long journey back where you don't get back to two, three o'clock in the morning. You've just been stuffed. I think the only saving grace for Southampton fans is the majority of them would have had a short walk home to uh, to get to yeah. put themselves to bed. I mean, I, you, we got there and we parked up, and then you've got this walk. It's like under this weird sort of tunnel thing to get to the stadium at Southampton. Uh, it's a weird, weird thing, and you come out of that, and it's pissing down with rain and I was wet through. I'm going to say hi, Rich, by the way. Welcome along, mate. Hope you're well. Um, Rich, a Man United fan. How's it going with Maguire and Evans as you back to? It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but um, sorry, Rich. Um, yeah, and so absolutely pissed wet through when we got there. And you don't dry out. Uh, there's no way can you really, really dry out. Uh, and I've got to say, it was one of those... and. It came down so bad during the match that had that not been on Sky, I wonder whether it would have got called off. Yeah, and I've raised this issue a few times. And you know these things in football that we say as fans, but we don't really believe, like, you know, or, we, you know, say, oh, there's a myth around football that when this happens, it's only because this, this and this. You have yeah. these superstitions and whatnot. I remember a game, and I think it was... I can't remember the team. I'm sure it was over Ipswich. Switch in the snow. Yeah. Yes. And they cleared the lines off. And the only reason that game went ahead is because, and I said it to my mates, we'd gone to a pub. Couldn't believe it was still on. We saw the pitch. It was whiter than white. It, you know, I thought they still had the covers on. It was that white. And no, it wasn't. They brushed the lines out. Yeah. And I, I remember the first goal and I shook my head. I went, this doesn't get played if it wasn't on Sky. No, no. Uh, and I think we had one where players abandoned the cars to get to the stadium. There was only about 11,000 apps in the ground. The attendance was given us 30, but it wasn't. I, I was there. It's the same. Time, they had to go and do the lines again. Yeah, they did. And, and they stopped the match at 60-odd minutes to clear the lines. Yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was... Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, it, it, it got worse during the match. And I was there thinking... You dare count, you know, because you got to the point, I say, certainly at half time, and it's still peeing down. And you're thinking, you dare cancel this now, you dare call this off, you're gonna have a riot on your hands. Yeah, of course. And and, and it's happened before in football, we've seen it. Yes, we, we will say it's because unfortunately the lower league don't have the same, you know, the same things available to them as the Premier League does in terms of how they can condition their pitches. And you see it, and you do because a you knew you was on something special that 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 day. It was five and a half time. It was either going to be a big win or it was going to be a record, and it turned out to be the, the latter. Mm. But also, it then becomes still up to them, doesn't it? The spirit of fair play. If the game had got called off, they're not going to let you go six and up again. 
in the rematch. Okay. They're going to give you a one-goal lead, aren't you? And you might lose that game. And you're going, hold on a minute. We were so far in front. It's not really, you know. And I, I think there's also a point where you're kind of scared as a referee. And I can imagine the pressures of it not just being on telly, but, mm. you know, Leicester are 5-0 up. And maybe if it was getting worse throughout the game in the second half, it's interesting. They go 6 and then 7 pretty much really quickly. I know there's a big gap between 7 and 8. And that's probably yeah. what stopped double figures, let's be honest. But I feel the referee must have thought, I can't call this off. Because if I call this off now, there's going to be hell to pay. Because Leicester won't want to just take a 1-0 lead going into it. They'll, they'll want the goals. And yeah. so... It all I think works the only out. Team would have been happy with it being called off. <laughs> that oh, was the only saving grace, I think. Oh, I'm sure they would have been doing uh, handstands in the front room, knowing it instead of band. I'm sure some of them were doing rain dances in the stand to try and encourage <laughs> more of it. <laughs> Probably. And look, we, we we do take the we out of Leicestershire Live and, and, and all that. But look, I mean, classic, classic front page here from the Mercury. 9-0. Super City equal all-time record Premier League win. I hope Boss was looking down on us tonight, Jamie Vardy. And that kind of made it special as well. Because like I say, on the 60th minute, we'd all got the white scarves with us, if, you know, if we'd got one. And it was there. And at that point, we were still doing it regularly. But it meant something that night. Yeah, it really did. I mean, again, it was... We'd, we had highs and lows... Um, during the last nine nine years, obviously the the lowest one. Well, you, it's losing the, it's losing the owner, isn't it? It's always going to be the lowest one, and not even relegation touches that as as, yeah. a, as a low point. But this was again, it was in that shroud of that time, wasn't it? Mm. You know, because if I remember rightly, and we're talk, talking about you know this was for the for the bosses, uh, you know. For the boss who who, who who tragically passed away with with the others aboard the helicopter, I think there was something symbolic extra about it because we obviously played Cardiff the the game after, but it was supposed to have been Southampton. Yeah, they would have been our next opponent, so it, it was kind of like it was waiting for that next chance to play them, and we 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 would have played them because they were the week we game up, obviously. That was a move, and it wasn't until we played Cardiff away that we that we saw Leicester play football again. And I think you kind of just look at that and think, "Wow, what an occasion! What a, what a, what a way to do it, and, and what yeah. links to have to and it." And in, in in all honesty, fair play to to Southampton for allowing the game to be rearranged um, uh, because of what had happened. So fair play to them. But I'm just looking at the match, and I've got to say. There's plenty of memes that go around um, when you, or as my neighbour likes to call them, memes. Um, bless her, but she, she, she's like 76 years old, bless her. But, uh, she was talking about these memes. Like, what the hell are you on about? And her granddaughter said, she means memes, Chris. Uh, but this to me, this to me really does, uh, does sum the night up. Uh, because it did. If we went from like, you know, we did, we'd hardly got, you know, we don't, we, hadn't, we were still wet when the first goal went in. I've got to say, and I know you're not a lover of stats, but I said this if anybody just started supporting Leicester a couple of seasons ago, and I said in this game that we would have 73, nearly 75% possession, uh, we would have 500 more passes than the opposition. We would have 25 shots compared to their six. We would have 15 on target compared to their three. 
nine of which would go in the back of the net. Uh, you'd be thinking you're not talking about Leicester. No, you wouldn't have. Um, and then I suppose that maybe the circumstances is it um, throughout the game that have happened at the very start. You know, you might kind of think, oh well, okay, maybe maybe some of the stats make sense, like the passing one, but the rest of them still. Because we've seen throughout history, and Leicester have been the beneficiary, actually, of, play, of playing with 10 men, like being down to 10 men as well. It doesn't always go the way you think, does it, Chris? We've seen many a team that have either limped to a 1-0 win over 10 men or they've, they've dropped points against 10 men. I think I remember a time we were infamously, again, the same opponents, I believe, in Southampton. It may have been Stoke. may have been Stoke. I know it was red and white. I think we were 2-0 down. Um... Somebody got sent off and Vardy got sent off and we somehow pulled it back to 2-2. T- to so, you know, it was never guaranteed that we'd win. So, no, if anybody, if anyone thought... harder to beat, can't they? Oh, yes, definitely can because you become compact. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be compact. You maybe take a... Maybe if you're playing a two-striker system, you drag one of them off and put a third centre-back on just to shore up the defence. And it's, it's very difficult to break down. It's almost like playing... A newly promoted side in a way sometimes because of, you know that you know they they they're going to be compact against you they're going to know what you're capable of and how to try and stop you and it's not easy so not only did Leicester find a way to do that in in, in such style but I, I'm I, I'm not saying that Leicester have peaked as 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 a club by any means here but what I what I'm suggesting is I think in terms of the team we had at that point that was probably the most peak performance we had in terms of efficiency, turning chances into, you know, on target, in terms of on target, into resulting in goals. And and it was, again, yeah, it was definitely a I, I was there moment, but it was one of them that if you somehow got to glimpse it, whether it was just through a dodgy, I mean, an, a, a perfectly legal stream, or you're watching it on Sky or in a pub or wherever, you were just happy to have experienced it because... There is some teams that will never ever get close to scoring nine in, in, in a game, let alone winning nine nil. I, I I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been redesigning the channel a little bit, as is my uh, wont when I'm bored. And uh, I've just I just redid the uh, the thumbnail for the uh, show did with um, Dean Hammond, the five three against Man United. And you know, I I that to me was a I was there. But I can't believe that I've had two I was there moments that game and then this one, uh, both of which I was lucky enough to share with my son, which was a, an, ad, an added bonus. Uh, was Southampton, I mean, I know they went down to 10 men. Um, were they that bad? Um, was it, I mean, Ralph came out and, and, um, and, and apologized to the fans afterwards, but Jamie Carragher had an absolute rant. Um, on Sky afterwards about the players and saying that, you know, the manager, it's not down to the manager, the performances weren't there, not one of the players turned up, blah, blah, blah. Um, but did, he didn't really seem to change much when they went down to 10, did he? He was very, from from what I've heard from some Sons, he was, he was a manager that you could like. And then in, in, in the same instance, he'd be a manager that was very frustrating. He was very plain in what he did. Um, for me, it was it was weird. It was weird because you look at what he was able to do and achieve at Southampton at points. You know the great, you know, 
not the great escape, but he came in, he turned the fortunes yeah. around, got them playing again, and they were starting to really improve on it. But he had this weird, weird connection in a way to to Jamie Vardy because during the colder months, Jamie Vardy notoriously went on a gold drought, didn't he? If mm. people look through his track record around December, November time, and maybe January, Jamie Vardy probably scored three goals. Um, he wasn't the hot fire, wasn't. If you had to look at Ralph Hasselhoetl, it's he, he must hate Halloween and Christmas because they just never seem to do really well. He gets really spooky season because we know it happened again to them. And I've never seen a team just capitulate like that and it not be a case of, you know, bad skill level. You know what I mean? Ipswich, yeah, okay. But Ipswich were a team that finished below us in the Premiership. So in that season, they, they were... They were probably what you'd consider Luton Town of this area, you know, and that happens. I mean, Harrogate beat, getting beat by Blackburn 8 0. It's not really a shock. It's because it's Harrogate versus Blackburn. Yeah, exactly. we, we, yes. but, yeah. but this one wasn't like the teams were too above. I mean, they had they had two, well, one still a Leicester player, um, your love child, uh, and, and, and Bertrand, who was a Champions League winner at Chelsea, despite how crippled he seemed to be. Um, so, you know, they had a lot of experience. That side was not one to be sniffed at. So it wasn't like it was a goal for class that caused the scoreline, was it? It, it was just, just seemed bad management. It's like he had no idea how to prepare for his team being put under the un, under the sword. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a manager that we, we kept saying, like, well, we'd have him. <laughs> Maybe that was saying how bad Brendan was. Because, of course, it happened again. You know, uh, when they played Man United the following season. Yeah, they did. And then, obviously, I kind of made that into a, We made that into a joke with Southampton fans. Because when it happens once, you can have a laugh at it. But it, it doesn't happen again. But then mm. when it does happen again, and so immediately after it happens, you start saying, oh, well, who's going to draw the Southampton ball this season and get the nine? <laughs> so yeah. We, we did. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we did. Uh, look, there, there's, there's the nine goals. Uh let, we're going to um, we're going to look through them now. Now I can't play it because I, I've got I've had two strikes. I don't want a third one. But let's uh, let's just talk talk it talk them through. I mean, the first goal. Um, hopefully, you're not going to be able to hear this. Uh, but the first goal. I mean, it's peeing down with rain. It was a horrendous tackle by by Bertrand. Um, well, it didn't look that bad on the night. But I've got to say, fair play to... I mean, I don't know how well you remember the goals or whether you... you, you, you I did have a quick view earlier. But, uh, I mean, Perez, you know, your love child, he, he, he went down. Um, but Leicester carried on, uh, played it forward. Uh, I mean, I know everybody hates Ben Chilwell, but, you know, he was uh, he was unmarked coming running in. It was, a, in a way, it was, a, I think it was a mishit shot that went in, and I'm not sure he went into in the middle. Gunn saved it, and Gunn had an awful night, let's be honest with you, in, in, in the Southampton goal. It came out, and Chilwell slotted it under his body, and, and that was 1-0, and it was like, what, a few minutes into the game? Yeah, literally a couple of minutes into it, and and um, yeah, Bertrand proving why we heavily invested in him and brought him to the club, getting sent off within two minutes. Uh, and you know yeah. what? It was refreshing because this is obviously before VAR. We know VAR would have had a laugh with this with that situation, yes. but it was refreshing because oh, I, no, I honestly was involved because it was. VAR. Oh, was it? 
Yeah, VAR that said to the referee, it's a red card. Because the oh, um, as I said, we were quite close to the Southampton fans. And the Southampton fans were sort of going mad. Oh, he's gone down. It wasn't a foul, blah, blah, blah. And then they showed it on the big screen. And all the Southampton fans went, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it could have been well, a leg breaker, you know. So, well, there you go. Um, back when the days of VAR were successful then, I guess. And yeah. The, 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 the odd time. Because he played advantage. Now, you know, Leicester fans... Yeah, maybe not have already if he'd have blown up for a free kick. No one have batted an eyelid, but he didn't. He played the advantage, mm. um, you know, and and it, I think it was a shot that deflected, and then Chilwell just—I mean, he did have an awful game, didn't he? Angus Gunn. I mean, I've oh. ever ever wanted to have your head buried in the sand it, for a it, game. It, it shot his bowl, Tommy. Well, yes, he had. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rifling these out tonight. I tell you. Oh, for God's sake! Here we go. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, folks. Sorry. Uh, oh, for, oh, wait a minute. Let me reload the point. Hey! Okay, there you go. Yeah, and I'm a part of the problem. I'm not the solution. I dragged you in. Drag you in. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was absolutely awful. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you know this, people in the chat. I'm not sure if I've ever told you this, but I, I'm also a keeper myself, and I think you no. can either take below. I know, never <laughs> ever once, spoiler alert, first time mentioned on the channel ever, never mentioned it before, but I think I could have kept it below at least seven that night, and that's saying something for my standard of goalkeeping. Um, but yeah, I mean, free-flowing, and it pretty much panned out how, how the rest of the game was going to go from that moment on, really, because it didn't change. It was literally just a case of Leicester got into Southampton's half. And I think before half-time was coming, every time Leicester crossed over into their half, Southampton fans were going, well, this is goal then. Because every so often before that, it, it, that had been the case. So, yeah, I mean, it was I mean, it. We're, joking, we're joking about gun there, but to be quite honest with you, the defence was bloody awful as well. They couldn't, they couldn't head it. Uh, when they were heading it, they were heading it back into the into the box. Uh, but I think, I mean, we said at the time, didn't we, Chilwell, to me, much maligned player. Um, I like, um, well, Scott's just said here, um, Ben Chilwell was great going forward, but struggled in other areas. Uh, I just think he wanted, he appreciated for the things he did well. Unfortunately, uh, as fans, we are ruthless. Fair point, Scott, Scott, fair point. And I think we were, I think uh, he was England's number one. Uh and he did score quite a few goals. And with that one, like I say, it's like, you know, you know that Brazilian goal against Italy in the World Cup where there's a the guy comes running off camera. <laughs> like, where's he come from? Chilwell, oh, yeah. That, on, on here, on the highlights, he's not there at all. And then suddenly he comes up and he plays it. I think it's almost like a missed kick, but it goes into the... And one of the Leicester players, Vardy or Thielemans, in the box, has the shot. Gunn tries to save it. Like I say, it comes out to, to, to Chilwell and he says, thank you very much. I'm going to have that one. Uh, and, and he does. Um, ten minutes it was. They're just going to show it again, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, just a, let's have a look. So Chilwell takes it off Vardy. I'm not sure it was. But it went straight under um, on the show. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a red card. I mean, Bertrand looks absolutely like, what, me, me, Gov? I mean, it was studs up were high and it hit him halfway between the knee and the ankle. 
Yeah, it was definitely a red card looking back at it. I've watched the match a few times over and, and whatnot, and uh, it's, not, it's not a good one. Um, on another day, could have been a lot more serious. Thankfully, it wasn't. Um, and, and, and yeah, it was, it was really, wasn't it? It was like the, the, the pace of Leicester and the accuracy of Leicester was, was at, um, at full capacity that game. You know, yeah. you know, you have them games, you know, either as an individual or as, or as a team, you, you just tend to have them games where everything goes right. You know, and, and this is one of them, you know, yes, it was a bad tackle, but he wasn't injured. He, you know, he didn't come off with a terrible injury from it. It then was allowed to play on. So it, it came to the first goal and, and then that's it. Sometimes some sometimes as players, you, you, you'll, you'll hear them in the interviews when they get asked these certain questions and they'll just turn around and say, yeah, we just looked at each other and we just knew it was going to be our night. You know, yeah. and it, it sounds so daft. You think, oh, they're just saying that because they want it, but you do. Sometimes you just feel like, ha, this is going to be our night. We're winning this game. And boy, yeah. did they. Yeah. So 10 minutes gone, 1 0 up. And it was great because, well, it <laughs> doesn't matter what I'm going to say, because they were kicking towards the Leicester fans. It wouldn't have minded because we would have still seen four goals in the second half. But <laughs> the second goal down the left wing again. Uh, this time it was Barnes who had the ball. Uh, runs forward, slips past an awful defence, and, and again he plays it in Barnes. The, the Southampton player tries to intercept it in his own box, but just does nothing more than move it forward into the path of Tielemans, who shoots wide, low, and again guns off target with it. But I mean, Tielemans wasn't. But it was, I mean, no, he's. It was a bad attempt at a tackle. Yeah, and as, as Barnes crosses it, the, the, the Southampton player runs onto the ball and kicks it ahead of him, which is across the goal, which I was thinking is something the defender should never do. And it went straight to Tielemans. Honestly, Southampton performance, they must have felt like they'd been space jammed. And I mean the original space jam, not that monstrosity that, that, that they've made recent years. I'm in the old school space jam with Michael Jordan in it. You know, where the basketball players get and the, the aliens go and take the talent from them. It felt like Southampton had just, as soon as that first goal went, it's like they never didn't know it. how to play for it. You've never seen it. You've never seen it. Basically, some some aliens come down to Earth, cartoon characters, and they steal all the like Barclays talent and all the top players of the NBA in, in, the, in yeah. that area. They steal all the talent, so they forget how to dribble, throw a ball. But you know, they forget how to play basketball. Basically, because it's all talent. It's all in this aura. It felt like that had happened to Southampton. Now, the more you know, I've taught you about Space Jam. Go and watch it. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it felt like Southampton players just what's football? How do I play it? Because they were horrendous. I mean, like you said, who kicks it five yards in front of a fast paced winger and, and, and more dangerously kicks it into the box? It's, it was just, yeah. I mean, Southampton fans must have been thinking that they woke up in the wrong dimension and, 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 and watching a different team because it was. I, honestly, I know, I know, I'm sounding really harsh, and I'm sorry to any Southampton fans that are coming and watching this. I don't know why you'd want to relive the misery, but <laughs> I, did invite I think they're under twenty threes. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think Southampton could have put out their under twenty threes that night. Well, ten of them, and still done a better job. It was, you know, it was brutal. Okay, I've got to ask you this, and this happens all the time with goalkeepers, and I want to ask: is is there a reason you? 
obviously, you know, reminding us you're a member of the goalkeeping union. So I thought you're the person to ask this. On that goal, like I say, so the Southampton defender gets, well, Barnes crosses it, almost like it hits him and just carries on going forward in a slightly different direction. Then Tillemans runs onto it, shoots it. Now, when he's diving, uh, Gunn, Angus Gunn, his arm, now he's, he was diving to his right. So if you're diving to your right, should really your right, it should be your right arm, should it not, that goes out? See, the, it should be, you should be flailing both arms at it, to be honest with you, because what you're, what you're, you've got to anticipate as a goalkeeper is, on a special wet surface like that, is a ball's going to skid off the turf and it could skid up as well. And what I mean by that is it will kind of like, when you skim a rock across the surface, it obviously it kind of just ding, ding, ding across it. And just like with a football and it hits the top part of your glove, it's going to bounce over you and go in anyway. So you might as well be throwing both arms at it, one slightly higher than the other. Not too big a gap because obviously then it'll go through him. But, you know, get it just above it. So if it does spring up, at least you've got that hand. And then, you know, even if it gets a little bit of height, you can use your glove kind of like to slam it down into the turf because that's what you're trying to do in the weather conditions. Mm. And I just felt like, you know... Is there any reason, though, why the goalkeeper then would dive to his right? I think his left arm... Let's just have have a look back at this. Because I always wonder. Oh look, I've just I've just taken it back, and the ball's already in the net. Um, there we go. Let me just play this forward. So, oh no, he does stick his arm out with that one. I didn't think he did. Let me just have a look at the replay. So Barnes skips across. I mean, the, the oh god, that. Well, yeah, he kind of attempts to put his arm out. But he doesn't even, he just doesn't move. He kind of puts his arm out and falls over. But that that defender for me, the ball's coming across and he runs into it and just, he just kicks it forward. But that was Tielemans getting this, the second goal after 17 minutes and it's 2 0. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not the world's best predictor. I mean, you're not this season looking at the prediction table. But I'm not the best predictor. But I can remember my predictions are awful. I can remember putting a, 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 a thing up on Facebook once. This was pre YouTube days. And going, like, oh, for God's sake, will they, will they take Schlup off? Or what the hell's his winner? Why has he kept him on? And then, of course, I literally hadn't finished pressing send and he scored a goal. Uh, and in the AC Milan Liverpool game, at 3 0 down at half time, I said to my son, watching on the telly, I went, that's it, Liverpool are out of this. Um, when Shevchenko came to take the penalty that would have kept Milan in it, I went, I'd, I'd put my mortgage on him scoring. So <laughs> you can see how my predictions are going. And at 2 0, after 17 minutes, I kind of said, right, we've had a bit of excitement. Calm down. We've got this now. This is just going to really just be a boring game. <laughs> and two minutes later, what happens? 3 0. Uh, Mr. Perez, and again, this was a superb. I mean, he only ever seemed to turn up against Southampton, um, but it was a it was a ball that comes across, and it's on the far side, and it kind. I don't think he even hit it particularly well. Um, uh, yeah, it, 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 again, I've got to be honest with you. If we'd been playing Man United that night, we wouldn't have won 9-0. But Perez gets the first of his three of the night. 
um, and suddenly it's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the best goals we've seen in Leicester aren't exactly the cleanest of strikes, are they? Are they? We all talked about the infamous uh, shinned volley by Claridge, who <laughs> shinned it. So, yes, yes. you know, it, it, sometimes you you just you, this is what they say as coaches: it's all about the contact you make, not not particularly what part of your body you hit it with or how you do it. As long as you you've got the direction and contact with it, it'll fly in the net, and that's what sort of happened because he didn't hit it cleanly at all, but. You know, again, you're talking two minutes, no, no sooner is it 2-0, it's 3-0. You then sort of look to the clock because normally if you're 3-0 up at half-time, you're thinking, oh, it'd be 40, 41 minutes or something like that at the clock. And you, you're seeing it there, like not even 20 minutes, and you're thinking, oh, I wonder what the half-time score's going to be because this this feels like it could be um, could be a good, 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 good yeah. evening. And the funny thing you know, was, so, if you remember when that third goal went in, we were more shocked, not the fact that it, we, we'd only been two minutes and, it, you know, we hadn't even played 20 minutes. We were all, we all, we were all looking at the... Uh, the first thing we was all looked at our watch and went, seriously. And then we all turned around and went, nah, that wasn't Perez, was it? And suddenly he stood in front of us with his uh, <laughs> celebration, which we obviously didn't see very often because he never scored that many goals. But 20 minutes gone... And suddenly, you know, we're there 3-0 up. And he wasn't finished, Perez. And, um, you know, you must have been thinking, oh, my favourite player is going to do well here. The next goal that comes up, now, in fairness, we then had to wait another 20 minutes for the next goal. And we all got a bit bored, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> Thankfully, we were able to take the piss out of the, uh, the home fans. We're all getting a little bit bored and, uh, and everything at this point. And I'm just looking now at the build-up to the fourth goal. I mean, indeed, it wasn't even a good pass to indeed in the middle of the park. But he is, I would say, halfway between the halfway line and the penalty box. Probably a little bit closer to the penalty box. There is not one Southampton player marking him. No, again, it's like they lost all comprehension of the word and understanding of, of football and how to play it because. Yeah. Like you said, Chris, if we'd have actually passed like we did for some of them goals against a Man United, well, maybe maybe not Man United of now, but, <laughs> uh, you know, certain teams of quality would have stopped us in our tracks beforehand. And, yeah. you know, people say Southampton only played their part in the 9-0 by getting a man sent off after a few minutes, but they really played their part by being so awful as well because it was a horrible pass. And, and and any other team, you'd have felt the right to have pinched the ball, uh, ran up the other end, and at least had a chance. You know, I know they had a few when it was like six or seven or eight nil, whatever. But they, you don't really care by that point. But then you're thinking, how are we getting away with this? And I was stood there going, are they going to just let us keep scoring all night? What 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 what? Why why are we getting such freedom? But hey, you 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 can only play what you're up against in in yeah. football, I so. I don't think if they'd kept Bertrand on that it would have made any difference because they, just, they were that awful. Well, yeah, they were. I mean... And he wasn't even in defence then. He was like, you know, he was on the wing. So, yeah, yeah. Right, maybe if he came back because he was one of those sorts of defenders. But he wasn't defender-defender. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean by, by that? He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and, and again... <sighs> I, I know we don't want to taint the fact that we, we won a game 9-0 here, but the, 
there's really no excuse about it because um, I'm sure you'll remember this, Ken Chris. And for those of you who don't, we're going back to 97, 98, I believe. Might have been in the turn of 98. I think it was near the end of the season. Within 12 minutes, Leicester were at Pride Park celebrating a fourth goal. Yes! I love watching that one back. I do. That's one of my favourite memories. Uh, Leicester were... Whoever we play, but the fact that it was Derby. And, of course, Chris Powell was the Derby, one of the Derby defenders that day. And, and so was Spencer Pryor. Yes, uh, he was. Yes. Yes, he was. Um, he had only an 18-month stay at, at Leicester's with, with, with O'Neill. He was one that was moved on after we won the after the cup and we were four nil up after 12 minutes and some, and I still remember, I won't say the commentator's name because I think it's a commentator that uh, might not be. I might be, have, I, I think it's one of the commentators that I really talk about now, but it might not have been, but they, there was a few Derby fans that once the fourth, fourth goal went in and bear in mind it was after only 12 minutes. This was, you know, some Derby fans had seen enough. Yes. According yes. to a certain, was it Jim Smith? I think was Derby manager. Yes, it was, and yeah. um, a good manager he was as well in his day. In the day, but you see that I use as the backing backing up what I was saying to my son. You know, four uh, nil uh, up after what yeah. minutes? The, the other eighty eight, whatever was left. I mean, there, there was just nothing, was it? it? The game was over. No, I mean, Leicester did have a, a few close, good chances to so maybe have made it five or six. But I mean, at that point, if you'd have told me, Brad, here's, here's how the first 12 minutes was against Southampton mm. and here's how the first minute was against Derby and one of these games ends 9-0, I'm losing a lot of money if I didn't know. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm You would be, there would be lots of people that we don't endorse gambling. Gambling is, 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 is a serious thing. Please yeah. gamble responsibly and when the fun stop stops. See, and how to do that. I've got that one. See, Very um, nice. but yeah, you would, you would have, wouldn't you? You'd have gone 4 yeah. 0 Derby. Surely that became 9 0. It just tells you that, yes, you could argue Derby kept 11 men on, on the pitch, but they were 4 0 down after 12 minutes and teams capitulate no matter how many's on the pitch. So, mm. The fact that they just kept going and going and I don't, I don't know what's worse. The fact that they played so badly and kept making the same mistakes or the fact that they did it twice in two years. I don't really know how you managed to not learn and have it happen again, but it shows you it can be stopped in football. Well, just looking, like I say, we'd gone 20 minutes and then I was, I was sort of saying, well, look, look, you know, we're 3-0 up. We're not going to lose this against 10 men. If it's 1-0 against 10 men, okay, you might as well. But unless we are, and we weren't, as a team, we weren't that bad. We were very good at that time, weren't we? That was one of our. Was that one of our seasons when we we finished fifth? I'm not sure, but yeah, we, yeah, we, it was. It yeah. was one. Yeah. But but you know, so yeah, it I was. had no worry. I had no worry. You know, like we said, well, you're playing ten men, you won the lot. You could, they could sneak something. They could get an equaliser, and then who knows what's going to go on. But three nil up, I thought fine. We'd gone twenty minutes without a goal. We were getting bored. You know, like, come on, you know, we've got homes to go to. And then indeed he, indeed he gets the ball here, plays it out to Chilwell. Chilwell crosses it straight. I mean, he takes out Chilwell. He takes out one, two, three, four Southampton defenders all the way. No, five, because there's one over there I hadn't seen that didn't stop running. Probably was trying to run, run out of the ground. So it takes out five well, but basically, let's just say he took out the whole of the um, 
uh, Southampton defence. Five players there. Crosses it over. Absolutely. What? Who are you passing it to, Ben? You know. And again, Perez comes from absolutely nowhere, bless him. And we've got to give him a bit of praise for this. We don't do it that often, but in this game, he deserves a bit of praise. Came in from absolutely nowhere again and smashed it home. And suddenly it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, keep us awake. Yeah, yeah, you know, ne- never want to be called boring, boring Leicester. It's not like we've ever referred ourselves to that over our time, is it, Chris? No. Um, but yeah, the magic kept coming again. That 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 might just touch as you as you might say, or um, when everything could go right, even Perez was scoring. You know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I think it's Emil, is it Emil Heskey that has a book out called Even Heskey Scored. Well, yeah. you could have. Yeah, lesser games that only. Script there. I know I did. I said I do my own work. I do my own work. But you could have yeah. done that with Perez, couldn't you? His Leicester career. Even how easy was it? Well, even Perez scored, and yeah. you know, if only that Perez turned up more, I might have been a bit more fonder of him. Yeah. But um, if he if he had turned up more, and without saying the joke was, wasn't it that he only ever did turn up against Southampton? It was the only team he seemed to be able to score against. But if he did, who knows what? Might might have been, you know, uh, but I mean, it was. Oh, I mean, you know, the South. I'm going to I'm going to impersonate a Southampton defender here. Well, you can disappear. <laughs> Lovely, shrug of the shoulders. Yeah, that's, that's what they literally were doing, and it's suddenly 39 minutes gone, five minutes off half time, and we're saying, "There we go. Get ready for your get ready for your bovril at half time." Um, and it was like just it was just like getting. And I'm going to quote the guy that did the commentary on that even Heskey scored game. It just keeps getting better and better and better, and it did. And we were rubbing our eyes, we were sort of all the fans were like, like Hang on, you know, they haven't swapped seat, you know, shirts or anything, have they? We haven't seen anything like this in ages. What. I mean, we, what you must have been thinking, you know, watching it on the TV. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd i seen games where Leicester had, had, had won by that sort of scoreline at full time. So to see it at half time was, was uh, you know, against an even match opposition as well in terms of what league they were playing was, was just unbelievable. And again, like you did at 3-0, Chris, I'd kind of gone, well, that's job done, isn't it? I get to join in the Olays. I don't really have to, you know... I can I can get on with with doing things in the background because this is just going to be a nice you know chilled forty five minutes. I've got nothing to stress about. They're down to ten. It's five nil. Might score one. Might make it six. But happy days. I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah. I mean, how wrong was I for the right reasons? Uh, was was, well, was 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 a joy to see. Well, I mean, but this point we weren't giving a shit how wet we were. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no. three, oh, come on. Come on, rain on us. We don't mind. Rain on us. We'll take it, you know. And, and Scott, uh, I'm very disappointed in the fact that you would go and bet your wife on a football game. And I'm very disappointed that the bookies didn't accept it, to be honest with you. But that was, <laughs> that was four after 39 minutes. Um, and we thought, OK, it's half time. That's going to be it. And then there's another long pass. Oh, is this a, no, another long pass. Oh, my God. I mean, Chilwell, I've got to say, he was involved in so many goals. The ball came out from a midfield. It was on the left side. He chipped it over. Now, Southampton defending. You know, I said earlier about the Southampton player kicking it across his own box. 
Yeah. Well, the Southampton defender didn't do that this time. Um, it was Indeedy again out to, to, to Chilwell. Chilwell, oh, I mean, Chilwell just, it didn't even touch the floor. Indeed, he pokes it over. Chilwell lifts his left foot up and kicks it with the, with the side of his foot into the box, and the defender assists Vardy in getting the goal. The defender heads it back to Vardy. All right, in fairness to Vardy, he's got a Southampton defender on him. Does that matter? Not in this game, it didn't, because you knew he was going to get one. Yeah, I mean, playing against Jamie Vardy at the best of times, you don't want to assist him in getting the ball because nine times out of ten, it's going to cost you. And and I like where you've already conceded five and 45. You don't want to start with, uh, you know, what... <laughs> What, what 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 was a beautiful ball over from Ben Chilwell? He, you know, Jamie Vardy's not going to miss them. He certainly wasn't missing them back then, and and you'd uh, be remiss if you were missing. The goalkeeper comes running out to him and couldn't stop because he ends up behind where Vardy was. But Vardy by then had said, "Nah, this is going in the net." And I think it was Matt Elliott who was doing the co-commentary on the Leicester City one. Um, I know who it was, and it wasn't Elliot. I can tell you who it was because he always mentions it as his first ever Leicester City game on co-commentary. It was Tony Cotty. Was it? Ah, yeah, yes. He, he always now, brings that up. Now you say it, yes, because he does say this is. I'll have to come every week. Um, <laughs> but he he made the point. He said, you know, nobody's going to stop Vardy tonight. He's <laughs> not going to score this many. Like Vardy's not going to get any. Uh, but yeah, they do actually sound pretty similar. But and that they was like. I was like, okay, 5-0, half-time. Um, and I, I did, I literally turned to Sean and went, just, that's it now. We're just going to play out the second half. I mean, 5-0 at half-time. I was, I mentioned to him the, the four against Derby. Was it four? It was, wasn't it? Four yeah, against it was. Derby, 12 minutes. Four headers, as it happens, if you remember. It was just, it was four. Yes. Is it that, is it scored in that game with the Derby? Yes, he scored. He scored the last one. Marshall scored, and Heskey got a brace. Yeah, um, that was a good header for Heskey, if I remember. Oh, um, and you know what? I, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually liked the uh, design. Not 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 the whole thing. I will stop at that much. Say, but I like the design of the goalkeeping shirt that the Derby goalkeeper wore. Mark Poom was a very underrated goalkeeper but I don't know what it was about that sky blue and yellowy mix but I liked it so seeing it fly around and think of it when you said sky blue and yellow yes I remember (laughs) I remember it well now um but uh, I mean (laughs) Ian Ian Marshall the away days are great but when you can't play away there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with muck delivery you in Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up 
about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The scruffiest man in football. Yeah. <laughs> but great friend of the channel, in fairness. And um, uh, he, he, they all go, but that, yeah, 5 0 at half time, piss wet through. Who gives a shit? Everybody's, everybody's just looking to everybody else and going, I'm hugging some guy next to me because my son's too busy hugging his girlfriend. And bitch, and so I'm turning around. I, I'm I'm hugging this guy who's who's absolutely having an orgasm because not only was he a Leicester fan beating Southampton, but he was a Leicester fan living in Portsmouth beating Southampton. So it was double jeopardy for him. Oh, I barely got paraded round town, didn't he? <laughs> I said to him, I said, "You're not going to have to buy a drink for a month, are you?" Um, but. Um, because we were jokingly said, like, well, this is going to be a nice long journey home, but we're going to enjoy it. And he went, oh, I've, I've only got sort of um, 20 minutes or whatever it is to Portsmouth. And I said, oh, well, I said, we've only got 40 back to, back to Bournemouth. But, oh, I mean, it was like, what a time to be a Leicester fan. Yeah, it was. Like I said, it was probably the peak of the pinnacle when it came to Leicester of, of, of that, that sort of area. Um because of the squad that was together at that point, the way it was going. I mean, we'd had a few games. I mean, we, we weren't too adverse to knocking a few perches off Man City every so often. Where we were beating them. Yeah. You, you'd argue we were probably the most consistent against Man City in terms of being able to take three points off them, which oh, is... God, Vardy scores, has scored more goals against the so-called top six than, than anybody else in Premier League history. Well, yeah, so, so the fact that we were accustomed to doing it then, you know, we, we were second in the league, as you said. Um, I think um, behind Liverpool at that point, or was it Man City that year? This, this when, we, when we won this, we went second. Oh, we went, yeah. So, well, even then, we, you know, we were... I'm not sure, in and around. Won, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, we, either way, we were in and around it. We were, you know, we were there. And then that this win, emphatic win, put us up to second. And you're thinking, you know, during that period, I think one thing we took for granted is, did we really sink in to the media BS? Because you have to remember, Leicester, in their nine years of history of being a Premier League club for that period, finished first, fifth and fifth. You know, so, you know, this was an, that was in a little bit of a very big purple patch for Leicester. And if you said to me a performance that summed up just how clinical, you know, just how good Leicester were for mm. that period, it's, it's this game because everything that Leicester did was probably no different to how they were winning other games, Chris. It was just more percentages were working for Leicester in terms of goals going in. And, and, that. and like you said, Chris, it doesn't always go this way, but when it does... Let's be honest with you, that, that night Perez could have sat on the penalty spot with his arse out, pants out down by his ankles, having a shit, the ball would have hit his arse and gone in. That's, that, it was one of those sorts of nights. Whilst everything was going wrong for Southampton, we, we, everything that we were doing, like they say, they all saying whatever we touched turned to gold that night. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it's one of them games where... Um, you, <laughs> You know, you could have done anything or said anything. You could have slipped over and the ball would have hit you and deflected past the uh, gun because uh, he he yeah. he was just like he. I mean, well, 
Ronald's asked here, and it's a very good question. And I'll, I'll go first with this because, as I say, I was actually at the match. He said, do you think we'd have won uh, 9-0 if the game had been played at the Dell? A uh, completely different atmosphere in the modern stadia. I mean, I was literally, like I say, behind... Well, as you, as you were looking... Where, well, opposite the TV, TV camera was here, so we were in the far corner, slap band nets as a Southampton fan. So it was a damn good atmosphere from where we were. There was not many empty seats. I've got to be honest with you. I would tend to say it was 95% full uh, by half time. <laughs> we thought, oh, a lot of people have gone for a cup of tea and hardly anybody came back. <laughs> that, was, that was the difference. But at the start of the game, Let's just say, to say that it was on Sky, to say that it was pissing down, right, maybe not 95%, that may be a bit bit much because my brother got a ticket in the Southampton end. Uh, it would have been the same if it had been at the Dell and it was it would have been on Sky and it would have been, you know, pissing down. Uh, that We would still have won 9-0 at the Dell on, against that team, I believe. Would you agree, Brad? Yeah, yeah I... I... I just, I just don't see. If you'd have said to me, in terms of imposing grounds, where, where would you expect? Would you have ever expected to see it at Dell? No, I wouldn't have, because we were very close to the ground. It was a smaller capacity, so it felt, in a weird way, it was kind of like Filbert Street, wasn't it? Because it felt, because it was so close to the ground, it actually felt bigger than what it could actually hold. So, in that terms, no, I don't think we ever would have, but. Football's football, mate. You know, if you go 5-0 down, if you're 5-0 down at our time, down to 10, and I don't care if it's Adele or Wembley, yeah. you know, your 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 capacity of crowd is, is half as well. It's not just half time again. You know, it, half the Southampton fans or more were gone at that point. And yeah. 3-0 down, just down gonna ride it. 20 minutes, and you're going to yeah. shut any crowd up. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I think the only way we wouldn't have gone on 9-0, I'll put this out there to maybe give it a way that we wouldn't have won 9-0 at Adele. If you said to me that... And I'm trying to think of a defender from back then, I can't really think of If you'd have said to me O'Neill takes his side to Southampton and it's 5-0 at half-time and Graham Lasseau had been sent off, he's the only Southampton defender I can think of for that time that played... So excuse me, my poor Southampton eyes. But if you'd have said to me it was a Martin O'Neill side, I still think we'd have gone aggressively at them, but I don't think we'd have scored nine. I, I just think there would have been a point where maybe the difference in the team, maybe the fact that they had a better manager, he might have been... I don't think we'd have ever got nine against a Southampton team back then. I know they struggled, but they seemed to have a really good side, didn't they? They had like the Tissiers and BTs and, and all that and, and, and through that era. So they... Yeah, but I don't think we'd have ever done it under O'Neill's team. But even if that was this team, if that that the team that actually won nine 0 wouldn't matter what ground they're at against no, Southampton. I don't think it would have. I think it would have happened. been at the Dell. Uh, then yeah, it would have still would have still done nine 0 against with what had happened in that game in those circumstances. Uh, the, the crowd was subdued at the start because it was it was just an absolute torrential rain. Yeah, you know, so the crowd were never going to really sort of be. Ferocious, and it was on Sky. So you know, there's a lot, lot yeah. of fans would have looked at that and thought, "Yeah, I'm going to watch this." At yeah. home. You're yeah. getting you, you, you're getting rained on. You're already cold before kickoff because of how bad the weather's been. Your team's yeah. final down at half time. You, yeah. you know, you 
your your partner's gone and left you a lasagna in in, in the stove to warm up. Are you thinking I can probably still get it while it's warm now and chucking some garlic bread if I match it now? Or a yeah. guy, but I know what I know what I'm choosing in that situation. You know yes, what I mean? Yeah. Then you get home with a little message on the on the table. Your your dinner's in the dog. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like to say when you when you when you five nil down at half time in that in that. You're wet, you're drenched through, you're miserable. Yeah, you probably, I'd say, they'd have probably walked out. I, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, the gates were locked so the players couldn't get out, so the fans <laughs> got out, not the yeah. players. And the thing is, as well, it was because where Southampton is, it was bloody freezing as well because it's right on the waterfront. Um, mm. But for, for us, from a Leicester's point of view, fucking you know, hell, I could say we could have been in, we could have been in a, you know, a, a monsoon. But it nearly was. But you know what I mean? It just wouldn't have mattered. We did not care how wet we were. I could have pissed. No, him that's the sentence you know, you say. You know. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. You know, it tells you the two contrasting scales being a football fan. You're five mil up. You don't care if it's thirty degree heats or there's a snow blizzard coming down. As long as the referee keeps the game going, you're not, you know, you're not bothered. Whereas you're five nil down, all of a sudden that's going to be the most slowest forty five minutes of your life, and you don't want to stand in the pissing rain for it. So, two yeah. complete contrasts to the same scoreline. I love the Vardy's going up to the opposing fans, going like that as he always does. But that was half time. And I, as I say, I turned to, I did turn to my son, and it was a lovely ball by um, that Southampton defender. I've got to be honest with you. Um, and then, as I say, uh, South, I said at half time, Sean, that'll be it now. Don't you know? We'll enjoy it. Five nil up. We'll just play out the second half and hopefully play some nice football. And I remember Tony Cotty. Thank you for, for telling me who that was. Tony Cotty saying uh, it depends. I think it was after about the two goals. I think when it was seven, and he went, "Well, just depends how hungry Leicester are." And literally, he hadn't finished saying that sentence, and the, the eighth goal or something went. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. But just after half time. Uh, Leicester sort of got the ball. We're playing it around on the edge of the box. Again, another another cross. Was that Chilwell again? I think it's. I think it was. No, it was Barnes. Sorry, Barnes. Lovely ball over the top of the defence, and the defence were just. And Perez, he looked offside. I'm going to be honest with you, but I think he just he timed. I mean, this one. You know what I was saying earlier about everything going our way. He even timed his run spot on, and it runs forward. And like, yeah, the goal is him versus the goalkeeper. You know, like you know, the goalkeeper must be thinking, "I feel like fucking General Custer, <laughs> Custer's last stand. Where's everybody gone?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, you say it was, uh, you know, it was a delightful ball through. Everything's pitched perfect from Leicester. The, they're staying on side. The ball's beating all the defenders. You know, they were made to look like statues and like they weren't moving at points. Some of the crossings were so good. And you say 1v1, it was basically Paris versus empty net at that point because Angus Gunn must have been regretting seeing his name on the team well, sheet at that point. Looking there and you could see Southampton were doing the, uh, we're going to hold this line, uh, which is fine if you all move forward. But there was one player... Who had, who's in fairness had his leg w w was behind Perez, uh, and, and Perez just timed it beautifully, you know. And it was a, again a marvelous ball in from Barnes over the top. 
Yeah, and furthermore, testament to why I absolutely despise late step up as a tactic. Mm. It is so risky because, like you said, Chris, if somebody is just half a stride off, it plays you on. Chilwell knows all about that with certain FA Cup finals, but we don't, we don't, we don't bring that up enough, do we? You know, these late presses. Yes, they can work in fine margin moments such as that, but they they don't work and. You know, you're 5-0 down at half-time, you're down to 10 men. Maybe don't play too risky. England won, Scotland nil. Oh, yeah, well well, well done, England. I know you're not um, going to international football, but... Uh, no. 31 minutes. Now, can we have our goalpost back as well, please? <laughs> I still haven't forgotten that from the 70s. Anyway, we're talking about a, a proper game. Um, yeah, I, I, and... Like you say, I mean, it, it it's a risky game to play that offside trap, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is at any point to do it. I mean, like I said, you get the small margins that that, that Chilwell received when he was uh, at, as a, at, a, at an FA Cup final with some other team in blue, um, and then you get it in disastrous margins like Paris's goal on on the night in question. You know because. It just looks when you get it wrong like that, or it's it's half a yard, because they're the only ways you get it. You either get someone who's just half a stride behind, like he was, or that sometimes they're embarrassingly ahead of it and they go too early. And uh, mm. you know, it, 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 it's just risky. I don't like it. I don't see why you would. I'd rather my player stay, keep playing him on side and go and mark him and go and beat him to the ball. Then try and risk him being offside. I know we've got VAR and you stand your chances, but it's, it's just a horrible technique. And again, like you said, everything was already turning into goals for Leicester. Why would you want to keep it happening? It was almost like they were throwing the gold in, into Leicester's hands at some point, Southampton. But they were, and I'm just wondering if Angus Gunn is actually playing for Scotland tonight because he just stopped there. He didn't even. Surely, again, tell me if I'm wrong here with the goalkeeper. Attempt to save the ball. And then put your hand up and claim offside. Yeah, every time. I remember Fabian Bartes got beat by a goal, didn't he? Because he was so insistent on it being offside. What's the one thing you taught as kids, Chris, from the very start about football? In, in terms of... Play to the whistle. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of match match experience, it's, it's play to the whistle. You know, in these days now, especially with technology, let the technology decide it. Because if there's something wrong... You know, unless it's Man U, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, or or, or Tottenham or, or Liverpool, then mm. you know the officials are fair. So let VAR do its job or try yeah. to do its job without the officials making a burk of it and not wanting to hurt the best mate. But why? Why are you appealing for something that's not going to get sorted till afterwards anyway? And do your job first. Yes. Because yeah. make the save, and then it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> Two nil. Just as we're saying that, I know you're not interested, but it's Scotland. <laughs> Are you watching, Doug? Are you watching, your Doug? Your your boys are taking a hell of a beating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that nine wins in a row in the your in the uh, in the uh, in their group stage is proving very fightful if they can get stuffed by England to what it's going to achieve. For at the moment, I know after the way we played the other night. Uh, so, look, 57 minutes. Hey, we are now uh, six, that is, isn't it? No, yeah, that, six now. No, that, no, that's one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six nil. 
six nil. Ah, yeah, that <laughs> that looks like two. That's only one goal. Six nil. And then within a minute, um, it's all kicked off again, and it's again it's on that far side, that, that left hand side. Lovely ball over the top. Chilwell gets it, plays it in. Oh, sorry, Barnes gets it, plays it into Chilwell, puts it up. Nobody's marking Vardy. And he's got the freedom of the of the of the penalty area. And he just nods up, bing. It was at that point that Tony Cotty said, just depends whether Leicester are hungry for the record or hungry, you know. And, yeah, they were bloody hungry. Hungry like a bloody yeah. Ethiopian on a diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they were... The, the, it was it was worse than a training session for Leicester, weren't it? You know, the, you might as well have had the defending wall dummies out there. They're probably be more effective in the challenge room. But it's something we kind of got accustomed to with Jamie Vardy. I, you know, I I know it'd been Mares that had been provided to him normally, but we were used to seeing every so often, every couple of games or so, a inch perfect ball would be planted onto the front of Jamie Vardy's head and he'd bullet header in. One of the best goals I remember him scoring with his header was um, was against Chelsea when we beat them 2-1. Two, two, I think it was when we won the league, actually. And Mares put in this ball and it was so inch perfect. I think he got a couple of games out scoring after breaking the record, you know, the 11-11. Uh, and it, this ball just went straight across the front and he headed it inch perfect. And he had no defender near him in that one. So it was something we used to seeing with Vardy when it came to a headed goal, but... Mm. I mean, everything was so damning of Southampton. They couldn't defend a cross into the box. It was, no, it was, it I was, mean, it was, it was at that point. Well, it was at that point, Chris. You actually, as a Leicester fan, almost felt sorry for him. Mm. Uh, well, not not the players, Southampton fans, maybe because you know they were trying their best. Point, to stay. I think they they, they realised they got Manchester. I think they got Manchester City in the league. And then Manchester City in the cup with the next two games. Um, and can I just say something you don't get used to seeing is is VAR um, actually making a quick decision? But you can tell it's not a Premier League game because they made such a quick decision on that penalty that you didn't even know the game had stopped. Um, <laughs> Highfields, is it your fifty first birthday today, or was it your fifty first birthday then? Then yes, which, which day was, was yeah. it? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to waste a happy birthday on you if it's not. You know what I mean? We, we, we've got to be. We can't just be throwing out these happy birthdays here willy nilly. You know, we have to. They have to be special. Um, and then, okay, so here, in fairness, Southampton, the Southampton fans next to us um, uh, were because at that point, you know, when you go so many down, you're thinking like, oh my god, is this really? Are they, are they going to sort of suddenly start? going at us and uh, you know I mean because there's a lot more of them than the Leicester fans but uh and there, were, there wasn't many stewards there but they just at this point they were they just sort of were, were getting into the swing of then uh oh it's today well if it's your birthday today Highfields then do you think we should give him a happy birthday I think we should Chris you will I will if I can find it here we go Happy birthday from us to you. Happy 51st birthday, Highfield. Hope you have a absolute good one. Um, what are you doing watching us on your birthday? You should be out getting drunk. Uh, but, um, well, you, you're very, very welcome, obviously. Very, very welcome. And uh, have, have a good one. Have a good one. Um, 
so yeah, so the, the, their fans were just going, oh, you know, bring on less Manchester City and all this. So they, they, they were just, they, they'd lost the will to live, I think, at that point. And then it comes to a free kick. Now, I did admit earlier that my predictions weren't always the best. I did say that, didn't I? Yes. But it was a Madison free kick. Now, do you, do you remember the days when Madison used to take a good free kick? Vaguely, yes, I do. I have some yeah. fond memories of them. And we were we were behind it, if you, because obviously we were at the far end, because obviously there was a second half, so the, the teams do sort of tend to change at half-time. <laughs> so it was the other end, and so we were behind him. I actually turned to Sean and said, top left-hand corner goal. And he looked That's at me. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I'm a fan in the ground. You're a fan... <laughs> on the telly, both of us opposition, all right. So, but surely somebody, whether it was Angus Gunn or anybody, could have worked out well, that's maybe where he's going. Um, and that was exactly where he put it. Um, takes the run up. I mean, Gunn, in fairness, made an effort, he was never going to get to it from where he was. Um, no, that, 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 that's that's the thing. The angle you see in the replay was similar to the angle you had live on the night. And I just remember, Chris, I was sat there and I heard we got a free kick. I'd kind of, at this point, um, my interest was slowly kind of different because we got to, this was late later in the game, wasn't it? I thought, well, we'd, you know, we'd miss the proverbial bus, if you if you will, to for the records. I thought, oh, well, you know, we, we're scoring late now, but... I didn't think we'd get it. And we, I heard we got a free kick. And at this point, I think Madison was on a bit of a hot streak with free kicks. He'd, we'd scored a couple or he'd at least got an assist from a from a few indirect free kicks as well at this point. Yeah. So I I, um, I remember watching it. And the angle you get from, from the free kick was, like I said, it wasn't too dissimilar from, from being live on Sky. In fact, I think the whole video is cut from Sky's yeah. package to, to how we saw it. Anyway, so... I remember looking at it and thinking, their goalkeeper's about three yards too far over that side and he's not organised the rule. The, the wall is a mismatch in height. You know, you want your two tall men central and I think you had one on the end, one in the middle and you had two smaller guys either side of him. And I'm thinking, I think if he puts... Looking at, I don't even. I think well, Vestergaard was off the pitch by then. In fairness, yeah. So, so they'd already lost that height. Not that it made any difference. As <laughs> no. me and Kate were you, he doesn't jump. He can't jump, which is amazing. Was that, but, was that Hollywood film? White men can't jump. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, and I just remember seeing it then. And I've, I, I, I can. I don't know how I do it. But I can do it a few times with with free kicks. There's some past free kicks I've seen where I've looked at it and thought, well, just put it there and it's in. And I said. I thought, so if Madison just gets this over the wall, with, with height, it's got to have a bit of height to it. It can't just, like, go over, because otherwise Angus Gunn might have actually fumbled a hand onto it. But I thought, if he hits that with enough power and gets it over the wall, I said, it's only one place he's putting it. Mm. It's top left. The goalkeeper's way too far over. The wall's not going to too disjoint in height to stop it. And like, like you said, if I can see it watching it on my Diddy phone, as I was, and you can see it sitting in the stands, and, and probably every other well, person at the far end of the ground as well. My eyes, yeah, really and, and maybe, maybe even the clapping scene himself was going, Madders, you're a beautiful human being, put it top left, you know. Um, I'm just looking, right? I'm just looking at the wall now. Um, 
don't know that, that what is Vestergaard or not. I know he came off. I don't think I don't think they'd have taken him off for eighty-five minutes, would they? But uh, it would have been before that, surely. But as I'm looking, right. So if you've got Madison, literally that ball, right, is equal with the penalty spot. Fair enough, yeah. So, but it's just just outside the D, right? But equal with the penalty spot, you know, in, in that sort of. So it's quite central. So he's got uh, a number seventeen defender. So if, if I'm if I'm gun, if you like, so just um, to the right of the goal. But these are all only just inside the penalty box. You got one Southampton player. You then got five in the wall. Now this wall looked like the you know that picture the ascent of man. No. You start right. Basically, it's, 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 yeah, I do, I do, I do know what you mean. Something looking scared. That, that is, that is, that, that is like the ascent of Southampton because you got <laughs> it goes tall, reasonably tall, smaller, smaller, smaller as you go down. There's then a gap because there's the two Leicester players who are getting out the way, uh, and then there's another two Southampton players to the left of that. Gun. Okay, I suppose I can see why he stood there. Because he is stood to the left-hand side of the goal, central, but to the left, if that makes sense. Just to the left. Of the yeah, goal. no, no, I understand it. And and, yeah. and, and yeah. Madison had, <laughs> as well have said, you know, come and score. I mean, there's a huge area for him to aim at. Yeah, it was, it was almost like one of them arcade games. You know, you've got like a, a thousand points where for whatever or whatever you want yeah. tickets or whatever where it's always in that top corner but it was just big enough for it to if you threw it dead straight there it was it, it was yeah. it was a, a banker sort of thing and i'm not talking like the rig carnival ones i'm talking the actual ones where you actually yeah. had a chance to do it and it just seemed like that and i tell you what that tells me as well and it probably didn't help maybe the you know seven goals before but when a defense is that disorganized not just in its shape in his positioning because like I said to you you'd have had one and two would have been in the middle and then you'd have had the slightly shorter ones either side of them because where that free kick was positioned if he goes over on the right hand side of the shorter one the keeper gets more time to see it and he's, he's more on that side so he's covering it and then the guy on the left it, again it goes over the wall so Angus Gun can see it coming around that far post and again has better chance to react. Whereas if it goes over the top of middle, A, again, you're taking out that equation of, of the left side of the goal because he's going more central, but B, he's got more chance of hitting one of their taller players and, and, and not going near the goal. So that tells me two things. If Rangers Gun wasn't being listened to, and they didn't trust him. Maybe the seven, maybe, maybe it had something to do with the seven goals we conceded before. I don't know. I'm just saying, right? It also tells me that if he was organising the wall, then maybe that was a massive clue as to why he conceded nine that night because he doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing. Because I that mean, was I... so poor from all aspects, and the fact that it was a five man wall tells you they don't trust the goalkeeper to catch no. a cold, let alone a football that night. He, was the, he wasn't. I don't think first choice regular goalkeeper was he. No, I think they've got in, an injury. And I, I do hate to see it, and all joking aside, because you watch that performance, mate, and it, it was his own cliche. The man was stood in the pouring down rain and couldn't catch a cold, let alone a football. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, it was. And I, I, and I, you know, I do ha I do sympathise and hate to see it, because you, it doesn't matter where you play on the pitch. Mm. 
it's true what they say, Chris, isn't it? Sometimes you only get one chance to impress. Yeah. And I can't imagine that did him any favours in getting into the team anytime soon. I'm not even sure if he was a goal, especially if he was a goalkeeper second time around. Well, he was a goal. He was a goalkeeper's son because Brian Gunn was a good goalkeeper for Norwich. Norwich City goalkeeper, yes. Yeah. Played against us in the FA Cup. Remember that? Right. Well, yeah, no, Neil Long got sent off for throwing a punch. Oh, um, but and I say I, I'm not having a dig at goalkeepers, and I hate. Although we do as fans, we do pick on players. Let's be honest with you. But kick a kick a player when they're down. But he was fucking awful. And looking at these goals, and I don't think I've ever looked. I mean, I've watched this show. I've got I've got the DVD. I've got a list of them. I've got some DVDs here, and one of those is the nine nil. And I've watched it so many times. I've never really studied the goalkeeper like I have tonight with you, and having you along with your your goalkeeping, you know hat on uh he was fucking awful <laughs> i'm sorry yeah i mean I could have done better than that <laughs> yeah very true first of all ward would have had better positioning and and, and yeah. second of all ward wasn't as bad as as as, as the shambolic defensive performance was making out and i know people might say oh well brad then okay you want to talk that goalkeeper reunion isn't some of the blame laid at the defence for him? And, and that's where I will give a little bit of defence. And again, maybe it's my goalkeeper's union, but there's some goals you just can't defend. Oh, and I don't mean, I mean, Southampton couldn't defend them quite literally, but e- even if you had, even if at half time you just swapped out the Man- um, Southampton's defence for, for Man City's defence. If you're setting up a wall like that and you're you're you're, you're standing where you're standing, you're going to concede. You're, yeah. you're still going to concede that goal. There's, there's yeah. some things even the best or worst defence can't stop happening. Some of the earlier goals, yeah, where the hell's your defenders to help you out? That that doesn't help. But his positioning and his his actions and and and, and even his dives, like the one we talked about, where he only went one-handed and not two, it was the worst. W- Worst impression you could have left on, on, on it, and I, I, I hope I hope nobody big was potentially looking at him to scout him for for signing because uh, safe to say that performance isn't going to get you moved. Although these moves do still happen, I've got a bit of a we story did, I've talked to you about. We did say though, didn't we, Brad? When when we were talking about Ward's performances the other season, uh, last season it was obviously. Um, that no matter how good as a goalkeeper you are, if the defence in front of you is bloody awful, then you don't stand a chance. But surely as a goalkeeper, you've got to take some responsibility because you are the captain. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I as a captain at a corner, right, let's say, I come in as I'm captain, go, right, you there, you there, you there, and you as the goalkeeper say, fuck off, you're going there. I want you back in. I want you there. Surely you over you overrule me, don't you? Well, there's a reason it's called the keeper's penalty box, if you will, or area, or whatever you are. It's because that's when he becomes, you know, the the the, air, the captain of the area. He commands that 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 area. That's what we're traditionally always saying. The keeper should command it. And the end of the day. Yeah, there'll be stuff that's worked on in training. It might be down to the manager of choice, whether it's zonal or, or it's, it's man-to-man marking. But then players know that if they hear a big shout of keepers, they're leaving it. 
The keeper's claimed it. He's made it his responsibility. His instructions are, I've got this. You don't need to bother with it. Uh, and if he doesn't shout anything, then he's telling you, I'm instructing you to deal with it because I cannot. Because mm -hmm. if I come and try and deal with it, it's probably going to end in a mistake and it's going to leave it's going to leave our goal unprotected because I'm out of position and flopping around on the deck like a fish, you know, trying to get to the ball and you're, you know, and they're going to get a tap in. So it, it, it just, and again, we had this conversation with Ward that in some games it felt like the defence didn't trust him. And the second you've lost that trust, it's like any any relationship, teammates, friendship, whatever, you lose trust, that's it, it's gone. There's no getting it back. Not not at that point anyway. And unfortunately, like like I said, Danny Ward, look, I'm not saying every goal that Danny Ward conceded wasn't down to Danny Ward, because it was. There were some goals you go, well, you know, okay, the defence weren't there, but you could have done a lot better. You know, because like you said, Chris, you, you you shine as a goalkeeper when you go, when you look at a save he makes, and we're not talking world-class tipping the ball around. We're looking at these saves where you go, oh, thank God he's there. Thank God we know he's good at reacting saves because no defence of letting down and he's, he, he saved our bacon. Come on, let's, let's, let's get our heads on it and we go again. As soon as the defence will beat on that game, Chris, like I said, it was empty net season because he was... I, I cannot think of a goal that we scored that night where you don't look at something in, in it and go, what are you doing as a goalkeeper? <laughs> it was one of them where goalkeepers and a union, if I wasn't a Leicester fans, would have been like this, watching that game. I mean, yeah. we might have saved more, but you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. oh. Yeah. And, and uh, well, it then came, right, so we, we've got, that goal came on the 85th minute. Um, and... It had been a long night. It's obviously the ground's heavy because it's sodden, so it makes running around on it a lot harder. And then suddenly uh, you've got Johnny Evans with his Irish accent shouting in your ear, come on, I can't do an Irish accent. Come on, boys, we've, we've got the record to go. And you could see him. I could see him from the crowd looking at him, and he was geeing them up. And I'm, I'm going, okay, we've got the record here. One more. We've got the record. Come on, we've got time to do it. And, you know, there'll be a bit of time added on for the penalty and all that. And all the goals that have been scored, probably be about another 30 minutes added on. We can do this. And Jamie Vardy, onside, um, runs between two defenders. And he just, he does, he does what Jamie Vardy does best. Uh, and the referee catching up behind probably could have done with a pair of Elton John spectacles on, you know, the ones that sort of go like that on the uh, on the thing. Uh, gave the penalty, uh, and I think it was a penalty, but, you know, if anybody's going to win you a penalty in that situation, Jamie Vardy is. Yeah, he was. it's bread and butter, Jamie Vardy, running at the goal. He's already running down a particular side where it's on the left or the right, and he yeah. just knows, wait for the commitment. And this keeper's going to commit very early. He's going to commit fra frantically. He looked a mess committing to it. And all Jamie Vardy needs to do then, which is exactly what it is, was drag the ball away, leave his leg, go over. And he was going to get it. And, and Sorry, the defender that took him down. Sorry, mate. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the goalkeeper looked like he was going to take take him out. And, and then when yeah. the defender does it anyway, it, 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 it's, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's, it's nailed on. And the weirdest thing is... <laughs> 
you probably expected it a lot earlier that Leicester were going to get a penalty the way Southampton capitulated. And it surprised it was the last goal of the night that actually came from the penalty spot because, yeah. you know, you had the red card incident, you had so many goals beforehand, you, you'd have thought, gosh, surely in one of these has already been one for the, a couple from the penalty spot, maybe. Yeah. The fact that it was the last one of the night. And, um, yeah, I remember the free kick when Madison, um, a few players went off to celebrate and Evans was eager to start again. And, I don't know if Johnny Evans was right or wrong in that because if we, I know he wanted to get his restarted to go for the ninth and get the record, but he also the celebration going on longer would have been time wasting. But here and the end of the day, we got the job so done, and that's, me, that's what matters. Me, and I know which way that um, Craig would have gone because you know he, he's he's not an, a Johnny Evans fan, but. Uh, yeah, get it. it doesn't matter if we if we'd started the game and then they'd broken away and scored at the other end and it was eight one. Doesn't matter because eight nil wasn't a you know a, a record. Um, but Jamie Vardy stood up. Uh, I suppose if you want anybody to take a penalty at that point, it's Jamie Vardy. Uh, runs in. The goalkeeper goes the right way. In fairness, the, the closest he got to the, any of the balls all night. Um, and that was it, 9-0. Thank you very much. Good night, Vienna. Yeah, and Southampton fans could finally stop sobbing and uh, and go back to blaming it on the rain. At, le- at least at least with all the tears there, there was something falling through the night. The, you know, the, the rain was washing them away. And, and that, uh, yeah, um, perfect, perfect game that had it all. We actually... We, we found the uh, we found the flare switch to activate in... Iosi Perez, you know, you know Tillemans, Madison's, uh, and Chilwell all scored. So we had a few individual goal scorers, and then Vardy goes and rounds off a hat trick. You know, a, a, a good first goal, uh, a header. I think he got the perfect hat trick. I could be wrong. It might have been the same foot he scored within the first goal, but he he definitely scored two with his feet, one with his head. So yeah, it was it was perfect for the expression. Nine and feeling fine was was the. Uh, well, I tell you what. Let, let, let me have a let me have a quick look. Um, that's Chilwell's goal. Right, let's have a look. That's the sending off. Right. Um, is this? Oh, hang on. This is Vardy's. No, this is Vardy's first goal. Yeah, that was his right foot. Uh, it might have been. He would have been right foot with both things because he didn't take a penalty left footed, did he? No. no, so the first, oh, well, the first one was right footed. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm assuming he didn't anyway. I mean, I can't imagine yeah, so the first one so. was right footed, of course. Then it was the header, and then mm. it, was, it was the penalty. Um, but I mean, yeah, I could say he could, he could, he could have sit he could have let the, left the ball on the floor, knelt down, and nodded it in, couldn't he? Really, yeah, uh, he really I, could have. What I find frustrating, I've got to be honest with you, looking at that is. You know, within a year of that, we were fucking awful. Yeah, unfortunately, as much as some people want to reminisce about the past and, and, and bring it back in it, unfortunately, you know, with the fast-paced nature of football and how it's forever changing, we're all out, out, how we're forever changing how we do pretty much everything in football, from, from scouting players to, to the style of play and everything. There's only so... There's only so long you can go being the same team week in, week out, season in, season out, because I know people, and we, we was one of them, Chris, we, we were one of the people that during the season afterwards, we had that 
where, where you know, you said, like we said, we were nowhere near the, the team that uh, was doing what it was doing on, on that particular season mm. was because there's only so times you can do it before you get figured out. And I know me and you always went, well, we've always had injuries this season. When this team's fully fit and going again, it'll be back up there and we'll do all right. Yeah, what did we know? That's why we're playing championship football now. But it, it, it was it was always going to be um, it was always going to be a period that we really needed to make sure we enjoyed and cherished because yeah. we said it before and it's it, it, it has happened. You have to enjoy these moments of fans for as much as possible because when they do happen, they never last like yeah. anything in life. So I mean, it was a cherry on the take on the cake for yeah, that period, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, it's the joint highest ever. Um, there's only thing been. I think it was a nine-one more recently, but I think there's, they're the only two nine-nils. Uh, or was there another? No, there's another nine. I think Man, no, Man United's nine-nil was away, wasn't it? Um, but they did it against nine men, I believe. Uh, but we did it first, so the, it was it was Liverpool, wasn't it? Liverpool against Bournemouth, but it was at Liverpool, so it didn't count. Ah. They didn't break our record. Because, right. man, you were also at home when they beat Southampton. It wasn't at St. Mary's. Was it So not? we have the, No, we have the away record um, because Liverpool right. was at home. So we've still got the away record then, basically. I believe so. Right? Someone yeah. might correct me, but I'm pretty certain. Because it, no, no, yeah, no. it, was, it was the genius, the one sold, the one sold in Amoeba, which was Scott Parker was manager of Bournemouth when they lost 9-0 <laughs> to Liverpool. Well, it that was, was, it was up until the 95th minute. <laughs> then, uh, then he was no longer. Uh, but I mean, look, this this is a page I did on my website, and I just just want to quickly run through this. Uh, if you're in a hurry to go, that is fine, mate. Just just shout out. Um, but uh, Leicester's record break in the evening. Uh, Leicester recorded the joint largest ever margin of victory in the Premier League. Uh, yet yeah, nine 0 over it, which Old Trafford was the first one. Like you say, Liverpool have now done it. So glad they didn't get the ten. But we're in the record books. You can't take that away from us. Um, Brendan Rodgers' side became only the second team in Premier League history at this time, of course, uh, to establish a five-goal lead in the first half of an away game. Um, so, uh, and then these were just these were some of the headlines. The Guardian here. Uh, Blame me for Southampton's embarrassment, says Ralph Hutton. Who I don't think he's working now, is he? I don't believe that he is. Um, that he is working now uh, at all. Um, see, this is one I'd like to find out, and I'm, I'm sure maybe it's something we'll talk about a bit more in depth. But if you was the manager, Chris, I'll ask you this because I have my my answer pre-prepared because I've just thought about it myself now. You've just lost 9-0. You had a player get sent off for a reckless challenge. Your defenders have played horrendously. Your whole team's played horrendously. Your goalkeeper's had one of the worst performances ever. A guy with no eyes and no arms would have been a better goalkeeper choice if it was that poor. Let's face it. Um, would you protect the players or would you... I, I won't use that word because that will give away what I'm going to do. Or would you, would you have done a Brendan? In that scenario, would you have thrown them out there? Would you have hung them out and dry and said, "You know what? No, that's would not you, acceptable." Under the bus, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll explain why I didn't want to use that terminology after, but that's why I'm asking you first. Well, for me, um, and I always think of Nigel Pearson because 
remember Jose Mourinho? He was very, very good that if his players ever had a bad game, he would come out and he would do something that would get the press talking about him and not about the players. And I think that's what Nigel Pearson was trying to do with his ostrich and all that. Uh, but he just wasn't very good at it. Um, for me, I think, look, you, 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 as a player, you've just come off. And I, 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 I used to be, used to be a coach. And when I say used to be a coach, uh, uh, of, I was uh, McDonald's Stage One FA coach, which is basically enthusiastic dad. And we'd been beaten. Uh, it was like my son's under fourteen, so we'd been beaten. So like seven nil away at this at this club, and, and we we didn't do very well at all. And then we came to the return game, and the manager was away, and I was the assistant coach. So I took over. I'm sure he went away on purpose. And we actually only lost 2-1. Now, the, the players, it was almost like a victory, if you like, to go from 7-0 to 2-1. But at that age, you don't criticise them. And I think it's very, you can say, well, they're adults and, you know, they should be able to take it. But when you've just been stuffed 9-0 on national TV, so it's not like, you know, it's just showing the highlights. It showed the whole game. Uh, you've been humiliated, caught with your pants down, whatever you want to say, don't come out and kick the players down even further. You know, he's come out and said, look, blame me. I should have maybe done this, should have maybe done that. What he says behind the scenes, we don't know. And it might have, he might have gone back and said, guys, look, fuck off home. Have tomorrow off. Come in here on Sunday morning and we're going to talk this through. I'm going to go out there now and take the flak because I don't think you necessarily deserve any more. Um, because Jamie Carragher was giving the players hell, I think I said at the start, didn't I? You know, he, he absolutely tore into them afterwards. So, no, that's what I would do. Um, oh, God, that was, that, was a, that was a bad answer, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, um, Stitch up there, mate. What would you, so would you, would, would you do that, or would you throw the players under the bus because they'd performed so badly? See, I, I I would have done it a little bit weird. I wouldn't have gone out there and ripped the players shreds, you know, and and spent like you know gone on like a five minute tyrant at all, at all the players. Nor would I have taken sole responsibility myself. And the reason I say that is because I don't like it when it's all this. Oh, it's the manager's fault. Oh, it's the players' fault. No, it's the manager. No, it's the players. No, it's this. Well, they can only do this. Well, he can only do that. Potato, potato, you lose as a team, you win as a team. And I think sometimes that's lost. And I'd go out there and say, I got things wrong. The players got a lot of things wrong. I got a lot of things wrong. That's why we've lost today so badly. So I, I just want to come out and say to the fans, I'm sorry for the performance you've had to bear witness to. Um, no fans should ever have to see this home or away, no matter the, the you know, it, no, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situations, them players got got told what I thought of them at half time, and they've been told now. And I can all I can say to you is we all take responsibility for it. And as of eight o'clock tomorrow morning, when the good players are on the training pitch, we'll be doing everything we can to amend it and make sure you never see a performance so horrible as that again. You know, I th I don't think you do. I don't like these too numby, too nice. Want to be your best mates, Wally with a brolly springs to mind Steve McLaren. I don't like managers like that because some players don't learn anything from you. They're not going to listen to you when you're all pally-pally joking and then you're trying to be serious, serious. They're just like, piss off, mate. No one cares what you think. And I think you've got to be kind of 
a bit of both. You've got to take responsibility for yourself, but you've got to be you've got to be honest with the fans. Because I, I would rather, as a fan, know that my manager's not going, oh, it's okay, guys. It was only 9-0. I'll take it. It's my bad. It's all my... No, I want to know I've played bad. I want someone to tell me that. And I don't... And I, I agree with you totally. And I don't think, for example, you know, O'Neill would have ever come out and thrown the players under the bus. But my God. Or even Brian Clough. I don't ever remember Brian Clough um, criticising any of his players to the camera. But what I do, you know, I'm sure he, he told them what. Well, I do know because I've been reading Martin O'Neill's autobiography. So I do. He, I, I didn't realise that Martin O'Neill and Brian Clough had, had a huge big fallout. But that was because of, of of how Cluffy was behind the scenes, if you like. But he never did it to the camera. And I, I'm not saying go out there. The thing is, if you go out there and say, "Yeah, you know, the fellas, you know, the players did this wrong and that wrong," then. If you if you with a any decent reporter, they're going to go for that. Oh, so you're saying that you know Bertrand did this or, or you know Vestergaard did that? Just players I can remember, obviously. Uh, and but by him, what what he basically did was when he came out and did that, he killed the he killed it dead. You know because if you go and watch, um, like I say, Jamie Carragher's. Uh, Gary Neville wasn't quite as, as as bad, but Jamie Carragher he said they were a disgrace. They should never wear the shirts again. So they should go and you know beg forgiveness from the fans almost. Um, but you're feeling that bad. You're feeling it's like in any walk of life, if somebody's made a cock up and made a mistake, and has you know has, has come to me, came to me as a manager and went, do you know what, Chris, I made a cock up of that. You know, let's say even in sales, I should I should have done that, and I'm really really sorry. Why kick him while he's down? Yeah, but that's what I mean. I, you know, that's why I think it, it's no good going in hell for leather at these players because it's just it's going to be so unresponsive. That these players were probably at that point so distraught and, and embarrassed because you should be embarrassed if you're not. There's something wrong with you, not? Because I would be, I would have been, and you kind of maybe just have to let it simmer with the players. And you just say, look. There's no point talking about it. We've just been battered. We've just been bruised. Let's go home. Mm. See you in the morning for training. Yeah, we'll put it right then, and and that's what I'm going to tell them. Like outside, I you know I don't believe in ranting the raven, but I don't think a manager should just. And I, I get why he's done it, and I, and I think your examples you're making, uh, you know, back that is a good thing. But I just think sometimes you need to say, look, lads, we all take responsibility for that. No, there's no individual. There's no, there's no laying the blame here. We just forget about it. We move on. I'm going to do my interviews. You'll get to see him as well because you can do it. You can see the interviews. Yeah. So you know exactly what they're trying to. T- because even if you said nothing, you could sit there and say nothing. Some journalists would go stunned silence as clueless. You know, clueless yeah. Southampton. Yeah, you, know, and- you are in a no-win situation. But yeah, if I go back to that, say the example. So it, you know, in that sales department. You know, you can hear uh, somebody do something wrong, in, the, in and you've got all your team sat around you, and mm. you the phone. And you know, I was always told, and I always expected this of my managers, that you, I'll take you into a room. You know, I'll, I'll give me a few minutes because everybody's watching to see what your reaction is, and it's a case of like, yeah, you know, right, um, okay, we all got something to do, right, Dave. I just have a chat with you in the office. Take him into the office and what the fuck? And, and tear him off a strip. 
And when you come out yeah. and everybody else is saying, oh, what happened? What happened? Just get on with your work. There's nothing to do with you. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's sorted. He knows he did wrong. And I've told him, I know he, you know he's done wrong as well. I don't think there's any need for, for doing that. So I saw why he... There's no easy... It depends on your management style, I guess, doesn't it? That's it. Yeah, I mean, it will, it, it, you, ask any, you ask any of his ex-players, it worked very well, strangely, to affect with Fergie. But again, that was different times. That yeah. You know, these footballers were a different build back then with the greatest respect. So, yeah, it just, that also plays a part of it as well. I mean, do you remember Arsene Wenger? He never saw anything, did he? He well, he couldn't, he couldn't even see the zip on his coat do what because it never happened. <laughs> well, that's one of the great clips of all time, you know. Um, but, yeah, but, no, he never, because he wouldn't criticise, you know. Um, and, you know, it was very much a case of – and it's funny, you know, um, I, I did that, uh, that one-to-one interview with Keith Hackett, who used to be chairman of the PGMOL, the, um, the, the Referees Association, and because I said to him, why won't referees come out and say straight away, you know, and talk to the camera straight away? And he said, because the managers don't want them to. Because if they come out and explain why they've done something, then the managers can't always go and appeal against you know, a decision. So it's the managers that don't want it. And, you know, the managers are coming out in a very volatile situation. And let's be honest with you, if I'd have been Ralph that night, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to say? I really don't want to go out and do this interview. And we've seen managers that haven't gone out and have sent either the captain or sent the, you know, the assistant manager out to speak to the... I think Jose very often did that. He'd send his assistant out if he didn't want to talk to the camera because they'd lost. Um, and I suppose it's a case of the least I say, the least they can quote me on. Yeah, they can say, like you said, stun silence, but... Yeah, yeah, and, and again, you know that that was a very common tactic. In fact, you'll probably speak to most most players from the early two thousands and nineties, probably more than anything, would know that if the assistant is out doing doing the post match interview, it's because you're getting a dressing down, you're getting an off camera dressing down, if you will, for the manager. He's making sure nobody's going home for another at least 10, 15 minutes while he's ranting and raving at you. Yeah. And something I did actually find out as well is is, is sometimes in in these performances. You'd get a very random player that would come out and do the, the, the they'd get the post match stuff with, wouldn't they? Because you know, mm. you know, Leicester, we've always said, oh, there's our media guru. It's Madison for a while. It's I know he's not featured for us yet, but it's been like um, Connor Cody, the early preseason, yeah. and Harry yeah. Winks and Dewsbury Hall. They, they're they're clearly the media maestros of the club right now. But sometimes after a beating like that, some random player who's probably had two interviews in his whole life is out there, mm. and. To get to give you the perfect example, say for example, the goalkeeper went out and did the the press conference or whatever, and took, spoke to the cameras for him. It was actually a tactic used by managers to kind of say, "Look, you've really let me down. Uh, you 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 know I've not liked what I've seen from you, so I'm going to make you do something that you don't like, and that's handled in the press conferences. Some of these players hate having to go out and shine in media that's why you don't see them do many press conferences at all some mm. players are actually sent out as a form of punishment for it so you yeah. know they're getting a the scold and they're, they're hoping that they're hoping that when a manager closes the door that you know they're thinking oh god don't say my name go 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 with the press you know when because sometimes it's just the assistant knocks and say gaffer they're asking if anyone's available what do i tell them and you know some players said i was looking down looking around hoping he wouldn't go you you can get out there and explain why we've just conceded six goals or whatever so yeah 
it's it's yeah. a strange old world, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, you can just see there on screen. I don't know if you can or not, but um, uh, it, you know, Carragher labels Saints' performance absolutely disgraceful. Uh, Saints versus Leicester, though. This was nine things we learned. Um, we can score, we can score, we can score, we can score, we can score. Uh, as Ronald we says, there, score. Angus yeah. Gunn is actually still a he's still a goalkeeper at um, at uh, Norwich. Oh God, is he? Poor yeah. Norwich. They've actually got Wood now. Hang on a second. Can you believe in their like this is their first team squad goalkeepers? They've got five. It's very weird trend we're setting us and not us and them, aren't we? I know, I know. Uh, let's just see. Um, I don't know who's uh, who's their regular goalkeeper. Um, I'm not, let's have a look. Who played? What was their last game? They've got Stoke City coming up, then they've got Norwich. Um, results. Let's have a look at this. Uh, Right, Rotherham. Oh, Rotherham beat Norwich two one in the last game. Yes, they did. Yeah, uh, was Gunning goal? Then, I don't know. No, I, no. Sorry, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> sorry. Yes, Gun. <laughs> Angus Gun. <laughs> He's in. He was in goal. Wow. Oh God. God. Yeah, he will. He'll have a man of the match performance, like Ronald says there. Um, probably, you know, but uh, uh, and then just going down here, last Leicester smash nine past Southampton. Uh, Houston Howell uh, apologizes to fans, uh, they were a disgrace. That's one of the worst performances of any team in Premier League history. Jamie Carragher slams Southampton after Leicester humiliation. Um, there you go. Yeah. The white scarves moment. Um, yeah, wonderful show. And, and the thing is, though, right, whether you like them or hate them, and I sometimes I I probably actually prefer Neville more times, unless Manuel, and then you know he's just going to be talking out his own arsehole. But yeah. the thing is, is it what the kids say? Are they, 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 these guys sometimes they say things and try and be dramatic just to be, you know, just to get clout. They try and get some viewership. They try and get their shorts made and people ex you know saying oh look here's Carragher going off for one at Southampton it's a 30 second two minute video and you know it's ironic isn't it because you know he does something like this and say they're a disgrace yet he was um spitting through car windows so yes, yeah. yes. hot yeah. calls cattle in certain disgusting behavior if you want to go that far down it yes uh look we better um Call it a night. It's been two hours, but then again, it's been an enjoyable two hours as we've been talking about a good Leicester win. Yes, which up until the start of the season had been a rare sight indeed. <laughs> uh, it's a bit bad when you've got to go back four, five years to, to talk about a game you enjoy. Uh, but thanks very much. At Full Time Focus is how they can follow you on... Um, uh, on Twitter or whatever it's called these days, um, we will be, we will both be back tomorrow at eight o'clock. Yes, we'll do in the uh, preview show. We've got a Southampton fan on. Poor sods, uh, Lord himself, in for uh, to another forty minutes of us telling. Not the normal guy that we have on, he, he's he's gone very very quiet on me. So, so oh, I, I, I wonder why. It's almost yeah. like that nine nils affected mentally. But yeah, it'd be fun. 
it'd be good to to have on uh and it'd be good to chat uh, and um Thankfully, the way I do it might involve us talking about that 9-0 as less as possible just to save him the pain, but he might get a mention. I don't know why. Oh, well, if you don't mention it, I bloody will. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, Brad. It's been a pleasure having you on, and take care. And great report. If you haven't checked it out yet, um, on LTID TV 2, um, it was a look back at the ladies' transfer window. I was going to say looking back through the ladies' window, but that, that sounded wrong. Yeah, well, that, that could have caused some stirs. Yeah, we did a transfer roundup show, me and Jack, from the final whistle. Um, the, he joined me for it. Um, just looking through the busy, busy transfer window. So if you, you are interested in the ladies' game, and especially following the Leicester ladies, mm. uh, you can go check us out on that. So, yeah. Kicking off in a find. couple of weeks. Well. Yes, and this month it starts. It's uh, it's a bit different because it's obviously built more like the Scottish League's there's only twelve teams in it. But mm. Leicester looking to make it a third time, third times a charm in a sense of surviving the uh, the drop out of the WSL. They're starting yeah. to embed themselves in. So this will be our third season. Through our third season, we finished eleventh uh, the first season, surviving on the last day of the season. And then last season, we improved by goal scored, points, and we went up one position. We finished 10th. In fact, had our goal difference been a little bit better, uh, we could have finished as high as 9th. So, yeah, hoping to improve on that again this season. Win it this season. Yeah, why not? Go for it. And if you like... A lot of chocolate on your biscuit joint. If you like Muzzy Is It, as this guy next to me here does, uh, do check out uh, on LTID TV one Muzzy The Conversation. Uh, it was great to have him on, uh, a leg end of the club. And there was a very happy fan came on that uh, got his Jim will fix it moment. Quiet, Brad. I was expecting the video. That's why I paused for a second. But yeah, yeah, it was very good interview. I obviously was listening backstage to it, and and you know what? To be fair, fantastic hosting job, Chris. Because you only allowed me two questions, which probably was because I'm still be talking to Mossy right now. If that wasn't the case, but you gave me two questions. I had about seven or eight going around in my head, and you started popping them like balloons with a giant pen because you kept either answering them or inadvertently Mossy would answer them for me because there's yeah. some questions I I was going to ask and you already answered them. But yeah, it was a, it was a great show. Because I said to you beforehand, let me know what questions you want to ask. But the questions you asked were like, so obviously I needed to ask at some point, you know. And then yeah, it became me, difficult. Just tell me what, what, what are you going to ask, what are you going to talk about? And I went, well, all, all his career, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. I know we got there and you, you got to speak to him. And uh, I didn't embarrass you at all, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> It was like one of them parents at a beauty pageant, guys. He was there with the balance and the horn going, Whoa! It was that embarrassing. Oh, it was funny. I enjoyed that moment. You'll get your own back. You know you will. Oh, um, well. You wait till tomorrow. Believe it not, I can't show that clip at the moment because I think, oh, it's 3-0 to England, is it? No. No, it's not. Um, right. I don't think I can show the clip because of YouTube stuff. I don't want to risk it anyway. So you're safe. You're safe for now. But if you want to see it, guys, go on to the LTID TV one and check out the shorts.
That's all I'll I'm say. Surprised, I'm surprised you said that. I was tempted to remove you from the stream as soon as you said, if you want to wake up on it, just know. <laughs> I was waiting for you. I'll see you tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, mate. Take care. Thanks very much. Yeah, see you then, mate. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Uh, Brad's phone's dying on him, so um, he needs to he needs to go. Uh, do go out there and check that on LTID TV too. Um, if you'd like... Uh, if you like ladies football and uh, the women let's be honest with you they they didn't get relegated last season so they actually did better than the men and if you do like muzzy is it um or any of well we've got such a host of ex-players i'm hoping to get try and get frank sinclair on soon as well um he does keep uh, is, we discussed that ronald we did discuss his overhead goal at grimsby um believe it or not well of course you believe it uh uh, and uh, he was very honest and forthright about it. And he didn't. He said he didn't. Even, well, no, I'm not going to say. Go and watch the video. <laughs> Why should I tell you what we said? Go and watch the video. It's a good one. And I, my my and these players, they give their time up free. Uh, you know, they don't have to do these things, but it's so it's so good when they do. But absolutely brilliant. But it was an amazing goal. His his favourite goal as well. Uh, right. I will see you along with Brad. On this channel tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking to a Southampton fan. And we may just mention the 9-0 again. This has been LTID TV. I've been Chris. Thank you all for watching and listening. If you've been listening on the podcast, this is Arnie. And it's a very good night. Take care. And thanks for watching and joining in. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.